Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering The Mummy Returns. With special guest, Jill Sweeney. Stuart, if I were to say to you, I am a stranger traveling from the east, seeking that which is lost... Then I would reply, I am a stranger shopping from the West. It is I who you seek. How do you... How do you know that? How do you know that? Because I'm seeking you. Because this day, we have to talk about The Mummy Returns. Yay! The 2001 classic, The Mummy Returns. Look at that intro, guys. Wasn't that yeah, so that well... slick. Beautiful. Improvised and prompt yeah. to. Uh, welcome to the podcast for the first time, my sister, Jill Sweeney. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about the Mummy Returns. Have to call out, call you out, Jeff. Yeah. Oh my god. It took us how many episodes until I brought a family member into Travolting? Let me find out. What was Wild Hogs? Wild Hogs was episode 52. 52 episodes, and I got my dad on. This is episode like 109. Yes, we are just now getting like your that. sister on. Yes. Explain yourself. Your family lives closer. <laughs> We've done Zoom. Se- not I like mean, Zoom sessions Zoom? don't exist. Yeah. All right. Well, we're here now. Are we we're like in- embarrassing? No. Am I annoying like this kid in The Mummy Returns? Is that what it is? No, you were not remotely as annoying as the kid in The Mummy Returns. Did you guys watch this movie together? We did when we were younger. Oh, I, I meant like just recently, like oh, no. build up to this movie. Oh. No, I watched this movie over three viewings, two yesterday and one this morning. <laughs> Three times? We started it, yes. Well, I haven't watched it three times. It's like I started it and had to keep breaking it up. I'm not going to lie. I did the same thing. Yeah, because I started it yesterday afternoon. Then we had to go. And then we got home. We we got further and then we got 30 minutes in. Then we got really tired. So we stopped it and then we finished it this morning. Got it. I watched this while I was packing to come out here. Uh, one, One time. Okay, so this is perfect. You watched it in like breaking apart three movies yeah. kind of like doing some tasks on the side you watched it while you were packing i watched it while i was doing laundry and all this shit this is such a like you can just put it on and like have it run in the background and every yeah. once in a while you'll look up and see something and she's like oh yeah that's kind of cool and then you'll go back to doing like whatever you're doing or you'll pause it or you'll come back to it this this is like a perfect cable movie. Yes. Oh, where you yeah. like turn on TNT and this movie's playing. You're like, oh, yeah. And you pick it up halfway through. Yeah. You don't quite understand what this business about the Scorpion King is. So you're like, yeah, sure. I'll watch the rest of this. If yeah. this movie's ever on TV, I will always put it on. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. You can just pick it up at any point and be like loosely entertained by it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart, I think you have quite a take about this movie. Do I? Do you? Well, you expressed this to me yesterday. Oh, I guess my texts are no longer private anymore, huh? Yeah, they've never been <laughs> private. I post them. On no, I, 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 I mean, are we getting right into immediate thoughts? At that, you know, I, I thought we'd have well, some I pretext. Thought, well, I have pretext. Pre- pretext corner, Jeff. I mean, do you want the pretext corner? I think we should get some pretext first before we go into our. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can we can dive right into it. Back me into a corner. Why don't you? <laughs> Oh my goodness! What was that? Uh, I don't know. Was that your phone? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my phone. <laughs> we were so aggressive about it. What was that? <laughs> oh, it's fine. And it'd be while a door's gonna open in the background, I know. and we I can don't go react. Silence it. Hold on. No, no, no. It's fine. It's totally fine. 
Um, so this this movie, well, I'll first say thank you for listening to our episode on Monkey Bone last week. Uh, joined once again by Mark Tilly. A movie uh, we've absolutely talked yeah, about. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We definitely have recorded it already. Yeah. Um, where we're picking up with Fraser, you know, in the immediate aftermath of Monkey Bone, which is itself the immediate aftermath of The Mummy. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, he's established, he's A-list. And something we're going to say when we start talking about the plot is he gets a movie star introduction in this movie. Yes. Something he hasn't had in any of the movies we've covered yet, right? Like he he's he, like his your introduction to him is more character based in most of the movies. Yeah, in this he gets like the movie star silhouette. You know the anticipation builds for his reveal in this movie. Yeah, we're at that point with Fraser's career. Yeah, um, which is you know the beginning of his like you know real A list popularity run. Yeah, um, which goes from the Mummy to two thousand nine, about a ten year commandment. Commandment. Yeah, commandment. Uh, all ten of them. Grasped. Ten years, ten commandments. Wow, I didn't even I keep te- te- queued that up for myself. Um, but no, he's we're, we're picking. <laughs> Sorry, <yeah. laughs> we we pick up with him um, in this A list era, um, well established, and he's coming back into this movie um, victorious. Yeah, because the first one was such a major success for both him and just in a general film sense. Yeah. Um, and so he comes into this victorious. He gets that movie star introduction. Steven Summers comes back to direct this. This is now billed as a Brendan Fraser vehicle. Yeah. His face is on the poster. This movie's greenlit the morning the first one comes out. Yeah, the morning after the first one comes out, this movie gets greenlit. Yeah. Um, Universal calls up Steven Summers, says, we need a sequel. And Steven Summers says, okay, I'll make you a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie does get rushed into production. Um, it's basically starts filming several months after the first one comes out and it gets, um, it's written by Steven Summers who, if I'm right, did he write the first one? He did. Oh, no, he did. He wrote and directed the first one. I was okay. wrong. Um, but it is worthy of note that the poster for the first movie, like the, the main theatrical poster for the first one is just the mummy. Like it's the, it's the face in the sand that we talked about. Yeah. The poster. There's like no people. Yeah. There's no people on it. Like the, the typical like floating head poster does come out eventually. Yeah. But then when the mummy returns comes out, Brendan Fraser very forefront yeah. in the marketing for this movie. Yeah. Cause I... he's a draw now. Right. He was not a draw previously. Mm-hmm. Obviously like, you know, George of the jungle, his face is forefront just by the fact that he is George. And then wait a second. There's another face in the poster. I don't recognize. Are you talking about uh Dwayne? Who's this gentleman? Dwayne the Rock. Jo- uh, yeah, this. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Back then, he in, was still the Rock. Yeah, in his first movie appearance. <gasps> <laughs> we do get to talk about the Rock today. Get out of town. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into the Rock, I would like <laughs> let me just finish with how this movie gets. Made. Ask us if he has a line in English. <laughs> because, nope. Ask us nope. how many days he worked on this movie. Probably three. Less than two, probably. <laughs> I would guess. I'd love to know. Because, like, he's of substantial, like, importance to the movie, and he's barely in it. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the fatal flaws of this movie. Right. Um, But, no, The Mummy Returns, it gets greenlit the day after. Stephen Summers comes back. It very hastily gets put together, and I think that that haste can kind of be read in the in the movie. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, well, you know, that this happens. Business yeah, in this very movie. much so. Um, like the whole the mummy just comes back again. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just like they find him. Yeah, they, they find him. Yeah, they find him. And they're like, yeah, he's back. And Ankh Sunamun has also been resurrected. 
reincarnated. Ask me about the uh, the carvings of how to kill the Scorpion King in the Scorpion King's <laughs> lair. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know about that decision. <laughs> I want to know about that. Yeah, I think I think I said this to you yesterday, but I think this movie makes three fatal flaws, um, which we'll get into once we start talking about the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially the conception of this movie. Uh, yeah. Stuart, did you want to say anything about Dwayne specifically? No, no. I, I I think pretty much, I mean, most people already know the story that, you know, Dwayne is just the rock at this yeah. point in time. He's not Dwayne Johnson. He's like, the rock. He's the rock. He's, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Uh, <laughs> rock, WWE and all that stuff. So like having, this was like essentially like the first, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Dave Batista also comes from like the wrestling universe yeah, he does, too. Yeah. So like th- we're essentially seeing like the first ever like beginning of like pro wrestler become famed actor before our very eyes. And there there were other examples, but right. The Rock would be the first one who like has major success. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think there's other ones in the 80s and 90s, but yeah. this is the first one where it's like he becomes known for his acting more than the wrestling. Yeah, and he yeah. becomes the movie star. Because yeah. then after this, after The Mummy Returns, we're going to talk about this, but The Scorpion King yes. comes out the year later. Dwayne Johnson, top bill, well, front leading star. That is the pitch of this movie, is that the re- this movie is designed to launch the Scorpion King movie. Because The Rock is, we all want to know what The Rock's cooking. Right. Um, and The Rock is interested in getting into acting. People think he has the charisma to be an actor. So this movie is designed to kind of slightly introduce that concept so that the next year when The Scorpion King comes out, you have a basic familiarity with that character and you have a basic familiarity with The Rock as an actor. Right. And um, it's a great pitch because we find in The Mummy Returns, The Scorpion King uh, is such like a loving and caring and... <laughs> wonderful person who cares about the fortune of others so much right (laughs) like you really there's a lot of character development exactly the first three minutes of this movie are the rock and then he just is not in the rest of the movie right he's not even in the end in theory pretty pretty much cgi yeah it's all it's all cgi rock yeah cgi rock like you know it was boulder of some sort I could not even tell you what the Scorpion King movie was. I did not see it, but I do remember seeing previews for it. And I, I, I have seen the Scorpion King I movie. I also have seen the Scorpion King It was straight King to video, movie. right? It, the first one was the, a theatrical release. The rest have been straight to oh, video, I think. Oh, I didn't know there I were think. multiple. They did four sequels to the Scorpion oh. King. Oh. <laughs> the thing More about it is the, the, the Rock is in none of them. Um, wow. Here's the thing about the Scorpion King movies. The first one is a prequel to a sequel. Okay. Of a of a reboot. Right. Because The Mummy is a remake of the 30s Mummy. The Mummy Returns is a sequel to that. The Scorpion King is a prequel to The, so mummy, the mummy Returns. Returns. Okay. And then The Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, is a prequel to The Scorpion King. So Therefore, it's a pre- making it's a it prequel a prequel to a prequel to a, a sequel of, of a, a reboot. reboot. And then okay. The Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption, is a sequel to The Scorpion King. The first one. The first one. Okay. Um, so it's a sequel to a, so prequel, a prequel of a, a prequel, prequel of a sequel, sequel of a remake. This is more confusing than the Star Wars movies. <laughs> and then what's the next one? The Scorpion King 4 Quest for Power. 
Um, it is a sequel to Scorpion King three. Okay. So it's a sequel to a sequel, sequel of a prequel of a prequel of a sequel of a remake. And then finally, there's the Scorpion King Book of Souls. Okay. Which the poster on Wikipedia is just someone's picture of the Blu-ray. Because <laughs> I guess that there's no official poster for this. Who Who is like the lead in these movies? Um, each one has a different lead. Three and four is the same guy. Scorpion King 2, Michael Capone. Um, I'm not... My, John Cena was not in one of these, was he? He is not. Okay, I thought he might be for some uh, reason. The second one, Michael Copen is the lead. He plays Matthias of Akkad, the Scorpion King. Scorpion King 3 and 4, Victor Webster, who's a Canadian actor, plays him. And then Scorpion King 5, Zach McGowan plays him. Okay. It is a, a rotating you know, group of uh, random friends. <laughs> People who need work. The Scorpion King. And Scorpion King Book of Souls, that is a sequel? Uh, Scorpion King Book of Souls is, yes, it's a sequel to the fourth one. Okay. Uh, The second one is the only prequel in this prequel uh, uh, quintilogy. Um, The Rock did announce in 2022 he was going to reboot the Scorpion King movies. No. And produce, but he's he's just going to produce it. No. no. Um, there has been no word about that He doesn't that need to so. do that. I gotta say, I'm getting a little sick of Dwayne. <laughs> is this a safe space to say this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do love him, but he has been doing a lot. Like, I'm getting Dwayne fatigue. The the Black Adam thing just really exhausted me. Yeah. That like, he kept coming out and being like, it's actually secretly a success. We're going to make four more of these. I'm fighting Superman. And DC had to keep coming back. Like, eh, we're not making any more of these. We're rebooting everything. I am kind of sad for him about that just because yeah. he, like, he's literally a superhuman. Yes. Like, in real life. And mm-hmm. we can't, he, he got a really crap superhero movie. Yeah. But, you he, know. he did. Uh, he, he got a little rough there. Because. Then he beefed with Vin Diesel enough that he got kicked out of the Fast and Furious movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. he did. Um, he he did Hobbs and Shaw, which we all remember. Yeah, isn't uh, that where Idris Elba is a super soldier? Yes, he he plays a super soldier. There's As, super soldiers in that. He universe says thing? in the movie, "You know who I am? I'm the Black Superman." And then he punches the Rock off a building. Um, Duly noted. But I mean, Jeffrey, you know this about me. I I love a garbage movie. Yes, mm. and like that just kind of really appealed to me because it looked like a great movie to just turn oh, your brain off I, for two hours. I watched it and I had a decent time with it. I, I think I really want to watch that. The Fast and Furious movies are just they're they're special. There's something about them. Yeah, it's that the first one, the whole pitch is it's just Point Break, but with Vin Diesel stealing DVD players, and then by the seventh it, one, they're like stopping the end of the world and shooting nuclear satellites out of orbit. <laughs> it escalates pretty quickly. Yes, it does. Uh, anyway, back, yeah, back to, to returning to the mummy. Yeah. Mummy returns. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, like, cause we talked about like Fraser pretext context, Dwayne context. Is there any other like actor context that we got to fill in? I mean, Rachel Vice. I mean, I feel like yeah. Rachel Vice is, yeah, I mean, The Mummy was her first, like, big movie. Yeah. And in between the two of them, I'm trying to see if she does. Does she get nominated? I think between? this was before she won the Oscar. Yes, because she wins in 2006 for The Constant Gardener. Mm-hmm. Um, because, mm-hmm. as we all know, if you want to win an award, you just got to keep gardening. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to be constant about it. In between The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, she does Beautiful Creatures and Enemy at the Gates. 
Um, those are the only two like substantial. I things mean, she at does. the gates was a kind of like a successful movie, wasn't it? Um, the Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law and Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, I remember that being like a somewhat successful film. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it did. Okay. It's a early two thousands war film, so. It says see also American Sniper on Wikipedia about that movie. Hmm. Um, I don't know what two the different time is. periods. Yes, one's World War Two and one's. But no, um, the all, the entire cast comes back for the Mummy Returns. Yeah. they all return. They all return. Yes, they do all return. Won't uh, be the same. Well, in not, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. No, and also the people that died obviously do not. Yeah, we got um, a few new faces for. The we Mummy do get Returns. some new faces. Um, Benny does not return. Benny does he not did return. Get no. What if they resurrected him as well? Oh but God. like he's just like the shrimpy little mummy, and he just like walks her. He looks like the pirates from uh, Pirates of the uh, Caribbean. He's just like following the uh, emo type around. He's like, "My master, can I get turned into a person?" He's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been fun. That would have been funny, been. actually, if they brought Benny back. Yes, uh, that that's in that's a pitch for um, Stephen Summers circa two thousand that I would like him to respond to. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah, I think that's basically all the context. I think we can go into the plot. Let's start talking Do about the movie. Talk, like, just like preliminary thoughts. Uh, I I think this movie's good. I enjoy this movie. I like this movie. I think this movie fundamentally misunderstands what people liked about the first one, but at the same time, I still find it entertaining. What fundamental thing? Well, I think the the biggest problem is that there's not that much mummy in it. In, yeah. in the in the second one? Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of mummy in this movie. Yeah, he very quickly yeah. gets turned from a mummy to a person. There's not a lot of mummy in this movie. Yeah. There's basically no scary sequences. Not the first one's like a horror movie by any means. Yeah. Um, I think that scene with the monkeys in the woods is like they're scary. Like sequence. it's a little freaky, the but mummy Ewoks. They're, they're almost Ewoks, they're yeah. almost too funny to be scary because they're monkeys. And there's like and shooting blow darts at guys. Yeah. Like the first one, but the, we get another like you know, Emotep raises like sand to turn into his yeah. face, except it's water. Yeah, I, I will. I'll just that. say my biggest issue with this movie is like the whole um, Rachel Vice is the reincarnated Nefertiti, and Brennan Fraser is the descendant of like a, a magi. magi. Yeah, so I'm like that. That's the the joy of the first one is just that they're three random people and they're on an adventure. And they get sucked into like a supernatural occurrence. Now there's like a destiny component yeah, to it. Yeah, some lore. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't there before. Because right. like, if you take those elements out of the movie, the movie progresses exactly the same. Like, yeah. if she's not the descendant, I almost think her story's stronger if she's not the descendant of an Egyptian goddess. Because then her story is about you know, in the first one she's kind of sidelined as the damsel in distress. Yeah. And in this one she would get to be like she gets to be a part of the action. Yeah. Instead of and but like in this they're like well actually the reason she gets to be a part of the action is because, because she's a descendant she's a of a of god it. or something like that she's a descendant of an Egyptian bodyguard who was also there when Emotep killed the pharaoh like it could have just been like coincidence she's, she's learned how to like be a part of the action like it's more her agency instead of the story giving her agency yeah yeah um it would have been like the the dead man's chest thing with Kira Knightley where. She gets to, you know, have action scenes in the second one. Yeah. And that's not because she's descended of uh, Calypso or anything. Yeah. Right. She just gets to do it. Which they almost did in the third one. And then they quickly flipped that yeah. on its head. They did flip that on its head. Yeah. 
Calypso. <laughs> Calypso. <laughs> I release you from your human bonds. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine Jeffrey Rush having to say that on Academy. set. He has his Oscar like yeah. right off the stage. Oh. He's looking at it. And then you have this no-name actor who gets the line, you have to say it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Good franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. They didn't make any more after the third one, so that was just a good call. Uh, right. This, this, <laughs> right. I, was, I couldn't remember. What Jeff, the, I was right. going to say something about the fourth one, but I couldn't Jeff. remember what the name of it was. On Stranger Tides, that's oh, it. I will, I will spare you my thoughts because this is just going to spiral. Oh. Fourth and fifth one. I think I don't. Th- I, they did not make a fourth and fifth one, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It ended with World's End. That was it. The world ended. The world ended, and that was it. Yeah. They make any more after you're, the third you're one? You're going to hate me, but I said I like garbage movies. The fifth one is one of my favorites. Oh, I haven't seen it. I I watched On Stranger's Tides, and that was it. The fifth one has a major advantage of the fact that Johnny Depp is drunk for most of the filming of the movie. <laughs> so he's... It's more, I, it makes me laugh. Like I actually laugh out loud every time I watch that movie. And that's the, why I love it. The fifth one's the one where he had an earpiece in where an act where his assistant off screen is reading all of his lines to him. Oh my God. And so he's just repeating them. And, like, you can see parts of the movie where he's, like, kind of waiting to hear the line in his ear. And he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> wow talk about being checked out yeah i mean it, it has its moments javier bardem is doing a lot in that he movie. is doing a lot capitan jack <laughs> it's got got legend paul mccartney oh it does have paul mccartney and i forgot about that yeah the legendary paul mccartney is oh Uncle my jack. god wow because yeah keith richards is his dad so of course a beetle would be his uncle Wow. They got Mick Jagger. They should have got Mick Jagger. They should just put all the Rolling Stones in the Pirates movie. Oh, Mick Jagger would have been good. Yeah, because yeah, he already is basically a drunken pirate. Um. <sighs> anyway, back to uh, returning to the mummy. Returning yeah. to the mummy. Um, we talked about the Scorpion King. Uh, yeah, should we just dive into the plot? Yeah, this, this movie starts with the Scorpion King. Yeah, it's another like prelude introductory sequence where it's like 3,000 years ago. This is Ardith Bay. Yeah. Uh, Fair, um yes. is doing the narration. Scorpion King, evil conqueror, which just, sorry, like I have to think about that when I watch the, the Scorpion King movie of how does that fit into play? Well, we're never going to cover the Scorpion King movie, but he is based. We're never going to do, you know what the rock, we know what the rock's cooking show. That's not a show we're doing. I refuse. I mean, that's a great title. I came up with a good one, and Stuart doesn't like me for it. I said we should do Robert De Niro, and it should be called "You Talk, You Talking About Me," instead of "You Talking to Me." You mm. talking about me because we're talking about him. I don't know. See, yeah, it's, it's that's not, it. Yeah, but you know what I thought of? Viewing Ewan. What's f- <laughs> that's a really good one. That Thank you. One. That <laughs> Thank is a good you. one. I gotta give it to you. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Scorpion King, evil conqueror. Yes, yeah, so um, five thousand years ago, the uh, the Scorpion King attempts to conquer the world, the known world. He fails at the it first city. Not, it does not go well. <laughs> he fails at the first city. <laughs> Failed evil conqueror. Yes, yeah. he is a failure, and then the movie is over. <laughs> he, he wanders the desert. All of his men die, uh, and he prays to Anubis that if he can get the ability to conquer his enemies, he will give him his soul. Yeah. 
Then he eats a scorpion. He does eat a scorpion. An oasis pops out. Amsher. Amsher. Yes. The the famed uh, oasis. Oasis of legend. Yeah. And then he gets an army of jackals. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they conquer Egypt. Yeah. Or see, and then he like gets to the last city, and then he just falls over and dies, and gets sucked by Anubis into the after underworld. There's oh. an interesting effect here when that camera that's like booming down, and we see the Scorpion King surrounded in like the flames of like the burned city. You can barely see it, but like they do like in post put like an Anubis like figure behind him in the yeah. background with glowing eyes. That's very hard to make out unless yeah. if you're looking for it. And you only really see it in like the millisecond moment because then it flashes out and like essentially grabs him and mm. takes him to the underworld and leaves yes. behind his bracelet. So And the jackals turn to sand. And the jackals turn to sand. Yes. Yeah. Something I want to point out is how the rock is like when you see him now, he's massive. Like he looks like a boulder or yeah. a rock. He's not as big in this movie. He's not that big in this movie. He's I think big, but not when like... he was a wrestler, he really wasn't that big. I think it's a wrestler stature thing. Wrestlers yeah. are usually more like hunched over. He's lean. Yeah, they're yeah, very I, lean. And yeah, more... he's like a little more lean, which makes sense. You don't want to be that huge in wrestling. Right. People. Yeah, you don't want to actually kill someone. Right. But now, like, he's massive. Right. Yeah. Now he's a rock. Yes. He's more of a rock now that he's not the rock. Right. Which is funny. He, he had to lose the rock to become the rock. To be the rock. To lose. Oh, my God. Stuart, have you ever been to Universal Studios, the theme park <laughs> yes. in Florida? Yes. Were you there when they had the disaster show? Disaster. So you, you know this. I was in the disaster show. You were show. in the disaster show. What? Yeah. They like picked volunteers from the, <gasps> the crowd, and oh. I got to be an evil scientist. Whoa. And some like rocks fell on my head. Nice. But like yeah. at, at the beginning of the show, it's like it's Christopher Walken is the lead of the show, and he's playing like a, a movie director. And it's like. Uh, just an actor who's doing a Christopher Walken. No, impression. it's actually Christopher Walken. It's like no, no, it's not like actually he's not there. In oh, it's like a hologram. It's like a hologram oh, of Christopher. Yeah. Walken. They did not hire Christopher Walken to, uh, do a theme to park, just like. be in a theme park. But the he walks time. down the stage and is like, "Hey, so <laughs> you're gonna be in my movie?" <laughs> and like they pull up audience members, and there's one part where they have like a rock hanging in the corner of the room, and they're like, "All right." Or they have a kid come up and stand in front of a green screen, and they're like, "Hey, look at that rock in the corner." And, like, the kid, like, has to look like they're against a wall and look at the rock. Yeah. And then at the end of the... Sh- there's, like, a you go into, like, a train car and they do, like, a fake uh, earthquake sequence. I think I have done this, but a yeah. long time ago when I was a little and then, kid. And then when you go out, they show you the movie that you filmed. And they, like, yeah. cut all the volunteers into the film. I and did. the kid yeah. is yeah. looking at the rock, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because he's the lead of the, the movie within the movie. I vaguely remember that from when I was like very very little mm. is that st- that ride's not is that that ride it is now the Fast and Furious uh, which The Rock is not a part of because no. they gave beef with Vin Diesel too hard mm. why'd they beef um, can I read the I don't know can I read you The Rock's I like Instagram drama post about Vin Diesel I like a good tea well this is good tea I'm trying to find Vin okay trying to find this this tweet from the rock okay here we are the rock just posted like a picture of himself after filming fast eight and he and the the description was just some male co-stars conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals while others don't the ones that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyway k 
candy asses. <laughs> when you watch this movie next April and it seems like I'm not acting in some of these scenes and my blood is boiling, you're right. It's legit boiling. <laughs> I I think honestly it was probably just two macho men. Yes. Just, just oh 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 yeah. alpha like male. Like they both wanted set. yeah, like two alpha males and they just couldn't Yeah. You can't I mean you can't have two alpha males in the same space, so Yeah. And then Vin Diesel um last year posts this picture with my little brother Dwayne, the time has come. My little brother Dwayne. Oh, the, the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast 10. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. There's not a holiday that goes by that they and you don't send well wishes. But the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Paul Walker. I swore that we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale that is 10. I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can be played by no other. I hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. This is a lot about a <laughs> mediocre film franchise. But... What a fake two-faced punk ass bitch. <laughs> that is Vin Diesel. <laughs> He's like, my kids call you Uncle Dwayne. Who? What? No. I'm kind <laughs> of, based on just those two, I would take Dwayne's side. Yeah, yeah I take Dwayne's side yeah. right away. I'm sorry. It's so I'm sorry, Vin Diesel. So you do funny. a mean I am Groot, and that's about it. <laughs> Actually, he was good in the pacifier, too. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I remember everything about my father. I remember everything about my father. So the Scorpion King gets his soul absorbed by Anubis. Yes. And then The Rock is not in this movie again. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the end. Nope. That's, that's it for The Rock. We get a CGI rock at the end, but it is not The Rock. But do they use... I heard... I'm, I haven't done a lot of deep dive research into this movie, but I, I there are lots of rumors about the CGI yeah rock thing let's wait until we get to the end yeah. and then we'll talk about it the but, the, the core of it's going to be that it they didn't have enough time to do it yeah but i heard there was an original scripted bit where they just fight dwayne the rock johnson yes which i think significantly better ending yeah because you know what the rock is good at pretending to fight yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he's a professional wrestler but i guess the whole viewpoint of that was well if they just have to fight a random dude that's not very... A very tough dude. That's not a very, like, you know, suspenseful No, they fight. have to, like, escalate it. Yeah. So what are we going to do? We're going to turn him into a fucking scorpion scorpion hybrid. <laughs> like a, a centaur. Yeah. Scorpion. But scorpion instead of horse. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Too long has he laid in the scorpion king lair yeah. and morphed his body. He's supposed to ferry the souls to the underworld. It and is because never... he hasn't, he's grown the tentacle beard. It hasn't. It is never explained why he... Turned, turned in. into a scorpion. We're just meant to accept that that is his fate. Which, like, sure, makes sense. Fine. Just, like, a soul twisted by Anubis yeah. or some shit. Well, he's a scorpion. I guess he is the scorpion king. Yeah. And there's not much scorpion about him other than eating the scorpion. Yeah. So. Yeah. Having, like, a scorpion sigil or mm -hmm. something. I don't know. I think that if this movie had him just fight the rock at the end, but he's, like, just super strong, like he has superpowers or something. Yeah. Much better ending. But then it's like you got Emotep and Rick O'Connell going toe to toe with Yeah, three way fight. Yeah. People love a three way fight. I hate that they took Emotep's powers away too at the very end. Yeah. It was a very cop out move. I the way I, they yeah. do it too is so abysmal. Mm -hmm. He walks down the steps and then 
yeah. then his powers are gone. <laughs> he's he, like, Anubis he has- Ash should have me fight the Scorpion King as a mortal. He does not have the force in the first movie, right? Like, he doesn't have the ability to lift people up. Yeah, he, he can did. use sand oh, in the first movie. Right. Um, yeah. But in this one, he's, like, picking people up and throwing them. Yeah, he's got, Yeah, like, I don't think he can in the first one. Yeah, like, he lifts... And, like, in theory, he could use sand to do that. And he has, like, the big sand face. Yeah. But he doesn't have the force in the first movie. Which he does in this. I mean, I know, like, there was one American guy. He, like, lifted off the ground and used sand to, like, suckle him dry. But, but again, like, that was sand. Him dry. That was like sand. Yeah. I hate sand. I don't know what. I mean, were his powers the plague? We don't ever talk about the fact that they bring him back a second time. Yeah, the plague doesn't happen. And the plague doesn't come. The plagues yeah. don't come. Well, because they, I mean, they got maybe that they out do of the come, way. But we're in Amsher, so we don't know. Well, Stuart, as we talked about in our The Mummy episode, the reason the plagues don't come is because the characters within the movie realize that the plagues are actually a Judeo-Christian idea. Right. And mm-hmm. not actually ancient Egypt and... Anubis was like, you got me there. <laughs> they can't do it again. Uh, yeah. There's a lot that's unaccounted for. Yeah. Because you know, we talked about how the plagues are only in the Bible and not ancient Egypt like history. So the fact that he brings the plagues when he's a mummy from like 2000 doesn't really BC make sense. Yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even like in the first mummy movie, when like a plague happens, Jonathan like recites like a passage about from it the Bible. and it's from the Bible. Like when the, when the, the solar eclipse happens, he reads like, and God and like, and the Lord stretched his hand and cast darkness. Yeah. over Like that's, that's Exodus. <laughs> it's not like raw or no. Horus. <laughs> like what are we doing here? guys? <laughs> yeah. And it was against the, yeah. Cause it was against the Egyptian. It was against yeah. the Egyptian God. I mean, it's it's like a cool thing they can do in the movie. Like, it works. And I understood your reasoning, which was like... <laughs> Sorry. And I understood your reasoning, which was like, the plagues are the most, like, widely known yeah. thing. That and it you- could also be thinking about it. Maybe it the the Christians did it because the Egyptians did it to them. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a taste of your own medicine. Yeah. You gave us a plague of locusts years right. ago. How do you like a plague of locusts? Right. Yeah. They give the gods the ideas. Imagine the ancient world and people are just throwing plagues of locusts at each other. In the t- <laughs> like the whole world's covered in locusts. It's a lot of locusts. That's a significant amount of yeah. locusts. Uh, after the Scorpion King Go, like gets sucked in the underworld he drops his bracelet drops his bracelet and we're back at the city and then we're transported back to 1933 yes. AD. nine years after the first movie yes because the first movie is set in oh i guess 1924 um which is why winston was a world war one pilot because it just ended Yes. Mm-hmm. So the world is in a state of Great Depression. Yes, the world's in, the Great. De- we actually don't even t- think about that the Great Depression happens and that they're living in this massive mansion because they have all this stolen Egyptian gold. And, yeah. And they're <laughs> living in uh, London. Yeah. Yeah. Jolly old London. Just down the river from Germany, who has just now elected Adolf Hitler as yes. chancellor. Yeah. I wonder if Emotep was involved. Like, when does Tomb of the Dragon Emperor take place? The 40s, uh, the 50s? Let me find out when Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I just want to know, is there I'm... is there going to be, like, an Indiana Jones Last Crusade-like scene where he has to, like, go to Berlin to get, like, the map or whatever and meets Adolf Hitler? We don't get that in The Mummy. No. No, we don't. 
I think I feel like the last one has to be in the 40s because the kid's like a teen. It is set in 1946. Oh, so after the war. So they coincidentally get to skip over. Just they get World to skip over World War II. It appears as though the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor does have a, a significant plot line about World War II. Hmm. That they're trying to bring the Dragon Emperor back to lead China to glory after World War II. Mm. Uh, like that, that makes sense because China had a rough time. Yeah, they had a pretty terrible time um, during World War II. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about Tomb of the Dragon Emperor when we get to Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah, right now we're talking Mummy Returns. Yes. Yeah. And so we're in the same temple or city that Dwayne the Rock, Scorpion yeah. King, was trying to conquer. Uh, only this time it's being explored by... Evelyn, the O'Connells, really. Yeah. It's the O'Connells. The O'Connell fam. The O'Connell fam. This is where like we should have cut to like the 1960s style cartoon. The O'Connells digging a grave, stealing Egyptian wealth away. <laughs> like something like that. You got Alex and Evelyn, yeah. and then there's Rick O'Connell. Because like, we got a new face in the O'Connell crew. Yes. This time, this Alex. Movie. Alex. Alex, their nine-year-old son. Eight-year-old. Eight-year-old Eight and a half, son. he says. And if this movie's set nine years later, that means like he's conceived during the plot of The Mummy. Or immediately thereafter. Yeah. Clearly immediately thereafter. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, they're exploring a tomb. Alex, uh, oh, this is where we get the action star intro. Yeah. Or Fraser you're talking about. It's essentially the Indiana Jones intro. Yeah. From Raiders of the Lost Ark, where like you see him in silhouette, and he's like backlit with this blue light. Yeah. And then he mm -hmm. holds the gun up. He it looks around. really good. Yeah. Oh, it's a good intro. Yeah. It's a good intro. And then he steps into the light and like half of him's lit up. And he's got the white shirt with the ammo yeah. straps. He's got the full the full attire. Rolled on. up sleeves. But it yeah. is fully the Indiana Jones intro. And I think that that's very telling because we've talked about how Hollywood's trying to position Brendan as, you know, the, the next the, Harrison yeah. Ford at this time. Oh, we're going to talk about a very minor detail in a minor scene. That I have to like point out. Oh, to I know exactly what you're going to talk about, and I think it's a little disrespectful that they put him in that hat. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to. Yeah, and I, the scarf I and thought, the jacket. I have this written in my notes. I, I knew exactly what you were thinking. When of he's when coming home, and he's carried the two briefcases, yes. and you see him with the hat and the yeah. scarf, oh, and yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh yes, it's a little disrespectful. Why but... is it disrespectful? We'll talk about it when we get to it, but okay. I do think it's a little disrespectful to okay. <laughs> to both him and Harrison Ford that they put him in the Indiana Jones hat for okay. one shot. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, he's uh, exploring through the tomb. And then that's where we get the Alex reveal. Yeah. And Alex is... who is What is Alex? What is an Alex in this movie? An Alex? He's their son. Yeah, but like, what is he? He's quirky, but he's uh, smart. He's annoying. He is. He's but adventurous. He uses his annoyingness to get out of things. Yeah. He is... Um, he's played by Freddie Both, who loved the first movie. Yeah, he's such a major mummy fan that he really tried to get this role. Right. Um, even though he had never acted before. He's your pretty typical eight-year-old kid. Yeah. With some pretty interesting parents. Hey, he's not a Jake Lloyd. Uh, Are you an angel? He's maybe worse than Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Are you an angel? <laughs> Jake Lloyd flies a pod racer. I hear the pilots in the galactal system see no, them on occasion. No, Stuart. Stuart. 
Are you an angel? <laughs> they live on the moons of Diego, I think. Oh, yeah. There was a little too much, actually. You put more effort into those lines than yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever watched the, the auditions for The Phantom Menace? Yes, I have. Because you can, like, find George Lucas's auditions, and there's one other kid who's really good. Right. And he's like, it's down to you, too. It's down to Jake and uh, you. Uh. And then he picks Jake Lloyd. And you're like, could have been the other kid. The other kid was really good. It's like, have you been a slave? How long, how long have you been a slave? All my life. <laughs> <laughs> now this is pot raising. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Freddie Both. He plays, he plays <laughs> Alex O'Connell. Freddie Both, the most annoying kid on cinema. He's so annoying in this movie. I'm being sarcastic. It's He's Jake like Lloyd. stumbling around being like, oh, I'm going to put his bracelet on. And I-, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Shit. Shit. <laughs> I love that <laughs> shit. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Oh, wow. You. you I, I do give time. Alex some credit, though, because I mean, his parents are just making out the whole time oh like yeah. they just pay him no attention no not at all he's really had to like he raise himself kidnapped pretty easily yeah because they're making out <laughs> yeah. yeah becca pointed out the same thing that like they're they neglect him and that's why he keeps getting kidnapped yeah yeah oh well yeah like they're just so into each other yeah I mean, yeah. it's, it's a healthy relate, you know. It's a very healthy relationship. Very healthy but yeah, relationship. The kids just, I mean, that's why he's so annoying because, like, mm. he has to fight for attention because. Yeah. Right. Because they just love each other so much. And then there's Jonathan. Yeah. Their other child. Yes. I like Jonathan. Who seems to take more interest in the kid than the mm. parents do. Parents do. <laughs> right. So, um, they. I like this opening sequence um, of, like, the tomb robbing. Yeah. Because, like, they. Evie and Jay, uh, Jake. Jake. Um, <laughs> Evie and You're Rick. Thinking of Jake Lloyd. Right no, now. I was thinking of Jake Sully. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> um, he doesn't want to reveal he was thinking about Jake Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evie and uh, Rick. Um, they bust through like a wall. They like get over some scorpions. It's kind of it's this fun like you know relationship patter. And the yeah. kid knocking the temples, the um, the pillars down mimics her yes. in the library yes which i think it's a fun little it was very fun I and like i like that. how big it is yeah. like it's a really big set stunt yeah it's like the first one they said they only did it once because they didn't want to have to reset the bookshelves in this one they probably couldn't do it again because you just can't do it again because they built these massive pillars and then actually knock them over and this really set a stage in the movie where i thought oh this is about to be like so much better than mm-hmm. the first movie movie but it quickly soon falls into like very. I one thing I really liked about the first one that I don't think they did well in the second one was a lot of their set design kind of deteriorates a little bit. Mm. It's, it seems like they spent like a lot of money on like two sets. Yes. And then the rest it was like you get this corner of the stage. Yeah, it's tomb. It's tomb. Do what you will. Because this opening set's really cool. Yes, it how is. They're going through it. Yes. It, has, it mimics Hamanoptera in the first movie. Yeah. Um. But then they, they get through it all and they find a box of some sort. Like a... Yeah, and Evelyn's having like visions of going through this place as if yes. she's been there before. And we're going to find out why she's yeah. having said visions. Of... Imagine if she wasn't having those visions and they just went through the tomb and found the thing. Yeah, what if like she... you don't need the well, vision. Here's the... No. What if she was just smart enough... To figure it out. To figure it out. Because that's her, you know, she's... You know, Bembridge scholars, that's her thing in the first one. Yeah. She's smart enough to figure these tombs out instead of getting visions of uh, her ancient self. This movie really does. I'm, I'm going to say it. It might be a little rude. It 
eggs are dumber. Yeah. Than the first yeah. movie. Yeah. Dumbs her down a little. Dumbs her down. She's not quite like, you know, like she is the, she has all the answers in the first movie. It gives her more action scenes. Yes. But it takes away her knowledge. Yes. Which was her strength in the first movie. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a way to do both instead yeah. of this, which adds one and takes the well, other. Well, like you said, like Kira Knightley, like she's yeah. still just as smart in the other ones. Yeah. As she is in the first one. Right. Because pirates, yeah, pirates too. Like she fools the entire ship. With that um, dress, the dress, the dress yeah. gag, yeah. But she still gets the action scene at the end, fighting all the the crab guys, the yeah, the little crew of the the ship, the guy with the little head that comes off. Oh, when his head, comes yeah, his head off, comes off, uh, and it's like the little turns crab. into like the crab. And yeah, pirates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that that I think is that's immediately when you're watching this, and I'm like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna be doing this now. Yeah. Because that's why that is the main. I'm pit- your density. <laughs> that's the big pitfall that all the Indiana Jones movies avoid is they never make Indiana Jones like a man of legend. Right. He makes himself a man of legend, but he never has like he's never in these. He's quests. not the chosen one yeah. for this destiny prophet. Like in Temple of Doom, they're like, "You are the one who was sent to save our village." And it's like he happens to be there, and becomes this man from their prophecy. Yeah. He's not prophesized himself. Right. They don't have like a drawing of a guy with a hat. Right. right. They're just like this guy was supposed to come and you just yeah, showed up. Yeah, and you happen to show up and you became the the hero. Yeah. He's right. like a norm above average guy who just yeah. gets in these extraordinary circumstances. Yes. Yeah. And same thing with Raiders and Last Crusade, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull even. Hopefully Dial of Destiny doesn't make him like a man of like like you've actually been prophesized. <laughs> You're a secret so. Magi. <laughs> All right, whatever that is. <laughs> Oh my punching! Oh, I just, I just wet in my pants. <laughs> oh boy, how old um, he is now? Uh, so they, they, yeah, they find the box, and there's a, there's a fun little bit here. It's like, I gotta try to get this open. It's like, honey, maybe we should just like take the box and go. It's yeah. like, oh, no harm ever came from opening a box. Yeah, no harm came from ever opening a book. We saw how that one went. Yeah, yep. That was a good little callback. But before they can open the box, oh no, they just pull the box off the thing. And then they read the top of it, which they didn't read before they yes. took it. And it says, anyone who removes this box shall drink from the Nile. She's like, well, that can't be that bad. Right. Before and, we go any further, we have to cut back to Alex in like the weird open room. The, the, the central yeah, temple. At, as he's doing. And then three grave robbers come in. Right. And they're like, I'll go get the O'Connells while you find the boy. Oh, Thanks whatever. for doing the Cockney accent. They, that was I, really important. Yeah. I want to talk about these three guys. <laughs> because I love that it's this exact trio is in any movie like this. Yeah. It's like the main thug. He is like a Joe Pesci knockoff. Yeah, he's like a British Joe Pesci. And he's got like the bandana around his head because any grave robber in a movie has a bandana around his head. Yeah. And he's the like kind of thuggish one who's there for the money. He's like, oh, my God, get him in now. And he like goes into the... We want 10. You get five. Well, we had to kill some bodyguards. You get 10. We oh, need 10. <laughs> then there's then there's the dumb guy who it, also has a British act, Cockney act. Is that the guy who's like, uh, this room is cursed? No, that's the superstitious one. Oh, right. The yeah, dumb any, guy's the guy that gets hit in the yeah, ass. Any like, trio of like thieves in a movie is this exact dynamic. Yeah. Even the Princess Bride is this exact dynamic. Oh my god, yeah. There's I'm thinking the, of Ant Man too. Ant Man. Um 
Ant-Man has this exact same dynamic. The Princess Bride, Fazzini is the you know the main guy who's in it for the money. There's the br- there's the stoic brute, um, who's the guy's like this is cursed. And then there's always the idiot. I was gonna uh, say oh, you know, I, I think Fezzik's the kind of the yeah. I I would know, say, Fezzik's kind of smart though. I would say Fez. I meant to say Fezzik was the um the brute the the um kind the of the, like the simple one yeah. And then there's the Inigo is the, the stoic one. yeah the stoic soldier. Who's Inigo Montoya? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you, like you said, Ant Man. It's the same dynamic yeah. with those three. Um, any th- group of thieves has this dynamic, and they have a long, healthy relationship in the entire runtime of this movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they come in for three scenes. Yeah. Th- these guys are here so that they can get Emotip to human form very quickly. That is their plot purpose. <laughs> yes. It's kind and, of like they used them for the start, and then we're like, "Oh, we need people for this Imhotep scene. Yeah, right. let's bring those guys back." Because they said like, "We're gonna skip the plagues, but we can't skip the whole I have to consume flesh to become whole again yeah. segment." Because that's else... a lot of expensive CGI. <laughs> right. It's like we can't have Imhotep be like this crusty like corpse. He's got to make out with what's the actress's name who plays in Axel Moon. Um, um, Patricia Velasquez. Yeah, you know we can't have Patricia Velasquez make out with a green morph suit the entire yeah. movie and then p- paint in a crusty corpse like they did in that really terrible. Ugh, that was gnarly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but the 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 building floods. The building floods. Mm-hmm. The thieves take off. Yeah. Um, without their prize. And this is when we get the domino thing. Yeah. And one of the pillars falls on the wall. Breaks the wall. Breaks the wall open. And then they Rick come and Evelyn through, come yeah. flying out. Yeah. Mom, Dad, I could explain everything. Um, but they go back. They, they've succeeded at getting their treasure. Yeah. We then cut to the dig, dig site. site. Meanwhile in Hamanaptra. Yeah. <laughs> Should have just said meanwhile in Hamanaptra. Because <laughs> um, Grant's a digger like me. <laughs> it cuts to the end of the dig. Yes. And this guy's like, we found him. Yeah, we, we get introduced to like the third villain of this movie, who's the curator of the British Museum. <laughs> he, you He's know wearing what he, very fancy robes. You know what he is like? He is like, oh, um, God, we talked about this in the first Mummy episode. What movie it was? Uh, the, uh, the John Travolta Christian Slater movie. John, oh, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Uh, the the um, the curator villain in this movie yeah. is literally just Bob Gunton. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the, the human... Uh, he's like the boss who's like yeah. funding it, but he's not the boss. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not the main tank guy with Zemotep. He's not the brains either. That's... Uh, Patricia Velasquez. Yeah, he just exists to kind of bankroll the thing. Yeah, he's bankrolling it. He's like the coordinator. Yeah. And he's trying to resurrect Emotep so that he can have Emotep kill the Scorpion King. And take over the army. Take over the army. And conquer the world. Hold on. What is his plan? (laughs) Wait, why does he... Well, yeah, because it's not even him being in charge of the world. Yeah. Are they loyalist to Emotep? Is this like a sacred death cult? To That's what he says. That's so. what he kind of does. Because there's like a bunch of them. Right. Emotep in the first movie is very quick to like kill anybody. He only keeps Benny around for like per- like translation purposes. Yeah. Is he it that they're like things were better under the pharaohs? Maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. But like, yeah, yeah. Somehow he's amassed this like 
cult yeah of people as henchmen and minions and it's like wait now emotep is now apparently like a general in an army now <laughs> he was the high priest and now he's the general right he's very quick to be like yeah you guys can work for me that's fine yeah because he pops it they so well, well i don't want to skip too far ahead but like he pops out of like the 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 whatever material the crusty and yeah, that, whatever that black goo is. Yeah, he pops out of it and then is like, what year is it? It's the year of the scorpion. Truly? <laughs> he says, truly? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> truly. <laughs> really? Is it? For real? I want luck on my end. Wow, who'd thought? He's like, this really panned out. It yeah. great for me. So convenient. Having to bring me back in the year of the scorpion? Who'd have thought? Tell you what, guys. I'll I'll do this. I'll knock him out. I'll take over the army. I'll die again. Wake me up in a few years for the year of the pig the or scorpion, whatever. Scorpion, yeah. <laughs> Wake me up when it comes around again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, they, they, they dig up Emotep. Yeah, He's they, in like this like amber. This is where we get Patricia Velasquez as an yeah. Anxuna Moon, who has a name, by the way. This is not a Noxuna Moon. It's oh, like yeah. her reincarnated. Mila. Yes. What's it? Mila? Mila. Mila. They kill her later and, and put a Noxuna Moon in We her. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't talk about the fact that... Emotep convinces her to kill herself. Essentially. Basically. They do not call attention on that whatsoever. No, you just kind of see her stab herself. Yeah. yeah. And then she dies, but is also still upright. Yeah. Which I don't think Mila would have gotten into this if she had known. She still like kisses him. She does. I don't know if she would have gone that far if she had known though that she was going to have to like stab herself. Yeah, because he's like he's like you are Anxuimun, but not really. And then he still makes out with her. Yeah, I'm confused about that one as well. First it, off, how is she attracted to yeah. a corpse? Yes. I know like, Pete Davidson's been great, <laughs> but like a corpse. Because she really is. Because I mean, they say something like "I'm sorry" or like I can't remember what he says, but the main yeah. guy, the curator, says something to her like "I'm sorry, you have to go through with this" yeah. or something, and she's like, "It's okay." Yeah, she's she's into it. Like she's totally into it. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm not necessarily bothered by her plot in this movie just because you need the Romeo and Juliet aspect but then for gets, Emotep. But then what that was his whole motivation in the first movie. Yes. Was to get back with Unks and a Moon. Yes. He's done that now. Yes. And but now he wants to be the Scorpion King and take over the world. As one does. <laughs> and she wants to be the queen. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's because it's not his sparkling personality mm. that she's, you know. Imagine being like this in ancient Egyptian who becomes a mummy, and like your last memory is stabbing yourself in the Pharaoh's temple, and then like five thousand years go by, and then you wake up in that mummified body in the first movie, and like you fight Rachel Vice, and then you die again, and then you wake up again, <laughs> but <laughs> like in you're your, just in some like in your temple. normal body. In your normal body, that must suck. Like. Like, you just, like, the first time you woke up, you died again. And then you woke up again. You have no idea what's happening. Why all these years keep going by. Yeah. What year is it? It's the year of the Scorpion. Truly? truly? <laughs> that is my favorite line of this movie. The moment's like, truly? Happy days. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. Oh, thank goodness. I thought it was going to be the year of the yeah. pig. 
Oh my <laughs> Everyone God. fought the pig god. <laughs> He's really tough. Scorpion yeah. King, not a problem. A, pig I can, god, I, I oh, can deal man. with that guy. <laughs> Need two of me for yeah. that one. Um, but we do. Then we cut back to the, the O'Connells. Yes. At their house in London, um, which is they all, sorry to cut you off. They also find the Book of the Dead and the Book of the Living. Yeah, the the cult has them. The yeah. cult. Yeah. And they very quickly explain the Book of the Dead will bring you back to life. And the Book of the, the Living life takes life takes away. Life, yeah. Which is the twist of the first movie. Yeah. One's black, one's Basically, cold. the whole thing in the first movie is summarized into like a five-minute thing with that cult. Yeah. Right. They, they get rid of all the, the, the shoe leather. I have, a, yeah. I have an issue with the books. What if you just memorize the incantations? I don't know. I don't I'm know. curious. Because, like, if you could just, like, memorize it, that gives you the power to resurrect bitches. Well, in the first movie, they have to open the book to, yeah, cause, you, like, to do it. Because Rachel Weisz is, like, helping Jonathan. Mm. But he's the one who's actually doing it. Right. So it must be something with like, you, you have holding. To, like, possess the book. You have to, like, hold it and read you from it. You have to, like, it. have the book. Mm, okay. Okay. Fair, fair, fair point. But we, we cut back to the O'Connell's house, which is a massive mansion. Uh-huh. I would like to say it is um, the mansion they filmed this at is Mentmore Towers, which is also used for Wayne Manor in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, is the it same, in England? Uh, yes. Oh. The, same, um, nice. the same mansion. Nice, nice, nice. Is in, nice. if anyone's curious, it is in Buckinghamshire. Nice, nice, nice. Um, it's also used in a bunch of other movies like Johnny English. <laughs> For one, <laughs> and eyes wide shut. I think it's the uh, where the cult is at in eyes wide shut. But yeah, that's um, that's their house. That's their house. Yeah. Originally, um, Brendan Fraser wanted them to live in an apartment because he didn't like that they lived in an ornate mansion, and they were going to have the action sequence that followed take place in a casino owned by Jonathan. But for budget reasons, they had to combine them into one location. So it's like, okay, they aren't living in an apartment. They live in a mansion, and the action scene happens in Oh, the I kind of would have loved that. The casino fight does happen in Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Mm-hmm. They go to a casino owned by Jonathan in Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind they, of love him owning it, because that's, like, that's very him. I like that they kept the, like, they had that element in the back of their minds, and 10 years later, they made the third, and they're like, all right, we're doing that this time. Yeah. Right. I do like Jonathan's entrance in this one, though. Yes. It's very much. It's on brand. It's on brand. Yeah. Because um, they're at home. Uh, Brendan Fraser walks in in the hat. In the hat and the scarf. And the scarf. He has. He's literally. It's the Indiana Jones hat. Just yeah. It, it is the hat. And that's when I was like, it's a little. It's a little rude <laughs> to do that. <laughs> it's a little rude. He looks good in it, but it's a little rude. But yeah, they come I'm home. Into it. They start making out. Yes. Uh, ignore the kid. And while they're ignoring it, a kid does what kids do, and they're not. No one's really paying attention, and he does something he's not supposed to do, and that's... Yeah, he opens up the box and puts an apocalyptic wrist bracelet bracelet on on him. Yes, and he sees a vision of... um, The Pyramids of Giza. That's what it starts. Yeah, and And then it fuzz up. (laughs) (laughs) Flying through the air, and then we get the Temple of Karnak. Karnak. Yes. And he's like, oh, it's Karnak! (laughs) Oh, it's Karnak, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And, and then, then the bracelet doesn't come off. Right. No, he can't get it off. Um, then while they're making out, they see a pair of knickers hanging on a, <laughs> a, a dresser. Are we in Britain now, Jeffrey? Knickers? No, that's what they say in the movie. Okay. Those, those, said, are, those are not m- my knickers. knickers. <laughs> uh, that, no, that's the exact word. That's the sentence she says. And they're both like, Jonathan. And then we cut to Jonathan. 
comes in with a lady. Yes, who's in a full dress. So I don't know why all her clothes are off in this other room if she's dressed here. I think maybe it's implied that there was another another, another lady. Yes. Yeah. A third. The, night, is, the previous night. A third factor. This is a place where Jonathan frequents his... Yeah. Because they haven't been home in a while, yeah. so I mean... He's been watching the house. Yeah. But Jonathan comes in wielding a gold scepter. Yeah. Um, with a, a lady with him. And then he's immediately accosted by a, team, by a group of cultists. Yeah, because the cultists, the, when they're at the dig site, the thieves come up to them and be like, did you acquire it? It's like, we had some trouble. The O'Connells got it. And they're like, oh, well, that's no problem. We'll do it, take care of it. Yeah. Um, and so that gives us the implication that they then go to London. To yes. Take- which, which also speaks to the quality of these thieves because it's really the kid. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't steal something from a kid. Which yeah. Pretty much. It's pretty yeah. rough. Pretty rough. <laughs> Sad they leave that out, but. Yeah. And so, yeah, the Jonathan walks in with, with his girl. There's a cultist there. Uh, Anksuna Moon is there. Yes. And they like sit him down and be like. Uh, they think Jonathan is Rick. Yeah. And they think, Mr. O'Connell, you try my patience. Oh, wait, you guys have the wrong. And then uh, Anksuna Moon comes out with. A poison snake. Yeah. And about to die, Brandon Fraser walks in. Because originally Jonathan plays along that he is Rick O'Connell. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah this is my died. house. Right. It's like, it's downstairs. It's in a safe. The combination's 32708 or yeah. 337. It's like, what? Why are you doing it? It's like, I thought I was telling you so you wouldn't try to kill me. When yeah. did we that make make that arrangement? Yeah. And then Rick O'Connell, the real Rick O'Connell, Brandon Fraser walks in. It's like, yes. Now, folks, I'm sure whatever you're doing with my brother-in-law here, he rightfully deserves, but I have a rule in my house <laughs> that there are no, like, killings in my no house. Executions no executions. No executions. And then a fight breaks out. Yeah. Um, and Ardeth Bay shows up. Ardeth Bay shows up because he's in the dig site. Yeah, he does mm-hmm. a Lando Calrissian where he turns to the camera and, like, lowers his mask. Yeah. Um, and he's there. And he's there, and he helps them fight. Uh, Evie shows off her skills in this one yeah she's like i don't know how i learned how to fight like this and actually this all happens before they bring imhotep back correct yes. i forgot about that part yeah yeah they have not brought him back to life yet because they need the um they need the um the bracelet to offer to imhotep for the quest no because they steal the kid after they bring him do back. they okay yes. they need rachel vice well, they think that they got the bracelet because they have the box and then when they open it they find a baseball right. player inside Right. So they, they need the bracelet to show Emotep like what they're gonna do. And they also take Rachel Weiss as a sacrifice mm-hmm. that he can use to like kind of start rebuilding his body. Right. Right. Yeah. Um because they they do make off with both the box and Rachel Weiss. Right. Evie. Yeah. Um and then Rick O'Connell, you know and his boys chase after them. Him and the boys. To the British Museum, um, where the cur where the main cult is is the curator. Because Alex tells them, he's like, yeah, yeah I'm here all the time. It's a curator. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure of this? And he's like, he spends more time at the library than he spend, or spends more time at the museum than he spends here. Which we kind of understand why. Because yes. his parents neglected. don't care about it. And there's like one funny quote where it's like, what do you mean? What's wrong with this bracelet? Well, with this bracelet, you can bring about the next apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon Fraser's like, y- you, lighten up. You, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're in big trouble. to the kid. Uh, but yeah, then they go to the museum. I like the bit where um, 
they get to the museum. They're talking about, oh, they're going to bring back Emotep again because he's the only guy strong enough to fight the Scorpion King. Because yeah. if you kill the Scorpion King, you can take control of, the, of Anubis's army. Yeah. It's the whole plot of it. Brent Fraser's like, you know, same deal as always. Break in, kill the mummy, get out. Yeah, get the girl. Yeah, get the girl. So that is our plan. <laughs> and so they go in. Yeah. They leave Jonathan and Alex outside. With the car. With the car. With the keys. Important detail. <laughs> they what? do have the keys. Can, they do. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Uh, they open. Up, there's a cool scene. They open up the trunk. They open up like the weapons bag. And it's like, do you want the shotgun? No, I uh, prefer the Thompson. Yeah. And so they go in. Armed. For the rest of this movie, Ardeth Bay never wields a shotgun. Yes. Good little he detail. The Thompson. He's always wielding the Thompson. Well, in the first movie, he only uses the machine gun as well. Yeah. It is funny to see the Medjai just yeah. <laughs> unloading. They're like sacred warrior Jedi, yeah. essentially, and yeah. they're using machine guns. Yes. Yeah. It is funny. Yeah. But then when they fight Anubis's army, what do they use? Swords, because you got to cut their heads off. Well, can't you shoot them in? Is there head? something special about the swords, maybe? Right. Well, they say you can only do it by cutting the head off, so I'm sure if you just shot it in the head, nothing would happen. Hmm. You have to dismember. Like If you had a cannonball, you could blow its head off, probably, but... Not quite sure Which that, that would be plot effective. detail. Yeah, they could have done a bunch of cannons. <laughs> Magi. Magi did not plan uh-huh. properly enough. Yeah, they did not think about their... Well, they only had about two days to prepare for the, the coming of the apocalypse. True. So they come some slack. Okay. True. <laughs> uh, so they get to the museum. They're, they're doing the ritual of bringing back Emotep. Yes. And they succeed. And Emotep pops out. <laughs> What year is it? The year of the Scorpion King. Truly. Truly? He's like, oh, man, this is great. (laughs) And then he makes out with uh, not Anksuna Moon. Mila. Mila. And then he sees Evie and he's like, you. Do you notice he pops out of the black goo? Yeah. And he heals right away. Yeah, he gets eyes immediately. He gets eyes. He's in the eyeless form, and then he gets eyes immediately. He gets eyes and a little layer of skin or something. Yeah. yeah that one American more. from the first movie maybe still lurking inside of <laughs> him. Like, suck to be that guy. Well, like, yeah, because when we see him from the first movie, yeah. he's like fully decrepit, no eyes, no tongue. Yeah, we he's, talked about this yeah. with, in the first movie, but this movie, neither of them really do deal with the fact that he takes the eyes of a nearly blind man and yet can see. Yeah, that's because he takes the guy, the glasses guy, who can't see, and he grabs his eyes. My eyes. <laughs> so it, it's not that he's blind, but he doesn't have good eyesight. Yeah. So Emotep's like walking around. Can't her. see really. He's well. like, is that is that you, Rikukawa? <laughs> <laughs> you. That's why he's so confused when he wakes up. <laughs> he's like, I can't, I can't see shit. Can't really see anything. Can't see anything, Captain. I love the fact that when they bring him back, he has full memories. Yeah. Because he remembers Rachel Vice. Yes. He remembers Rick O'Connell. He's like, you. You. And he's getting ready to absorb her. Um, until Rick. What is that going on up there? Until Rick O'Connell and um, Ardeth Bay come in and just unload yeah. their shotguns. Yeah. Gunfight breaks out. Yeah. A bunch of cultists get shot. Yeah. Uh, Fraser saves um, Rachel, R- Rachel Vice. And uh, she gets a gun and, you know, everything's going off. A fire breaks out. And then that's this is when um, Emotep unleashes the um, the, the mummies again. The mummy guards. Mm-hmm. These aren't these aren't like the Emotep priest mummies. These are like elite mummies. Yes. These are when you get to like level five in the game, and you get like to add <laughs> yeah. like speed bonuses and strength bonuses onto your 
army. No, this is when you're finally like, you're like, all right, I understand the hang of this game. And then it's like, new bad guy. This new guy can bad climb guy. Right. <laughs> They're like the Navy SEALs. Yeah. They're the Navy SEAL mummies. Yeah. He's like, I hate exactly. these guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they do the thing where they lower their jaws and go, Arr. priest mummies, yep. any day of the week. Guard mummies. Mm. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. They're fully CGI. Yes. Um, Oh, there is one the, of them that's yes. a prosthetic that think, Rick fights. Yes, the rest of them are CGI because they they're crawling on walls and yeah yeah. Um, and so they run out of the museum, and that's when Jonathan and Alex show up in a double decker bus because they break the key. Yeah, they break the key. I would like to know how they acquired this bus. Yeah. They, they obtain it in record speed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because they get in the bus like, what happened to my car? I, I was supposed to find a new means of communication. Yeah. A double-decker bus? Yeah. <laughs> it was his idea. was not. <laughs> and so they take off with the bus. Jonathan and, and the kid. The mummies run out and they crush Rick's car. Oh, not my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a fight. They, they have a bus fight. You yes. will note that only three of the mummies get killed in the bus fight, but there are four of them um, because they filmed a fourth fight where Alex fought the, the mummy and defeated it, but they cut it out because the fight was going on for too long. Oh. Yeah, they were like, it was so mummy see, fatigue. Yeah, so you see four of them chasing after the bus, but only three of them are actually in the fight. Yeah. So and as he, far as you know, there's just one running around London. Yeah. Rick kills one by tricking it into being hit by a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um. Evie, Evie uh, kills. Arda, e, Evie shoots one. E, Evie shoots and I think one with Arda a shotgun. Bay kills the third one. I that think, sounds about right. I think so. Yeah. And then they were gonna have a fourth one that Alex killed while Jonathan drove, but that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. So as far as we're concerned, this mummy's still running around Depression era London, uh, causing <laughs> spinoff. World War Two <laughs> breaks out. The mummy wants to fight for its country. <laughs> so Jay joins, joins the RAF. George the RAF. <laughs> we we we, we have, need good men. Winston, <gasps> Ch- Winston Churchill's <laughs> offering the you know, the Medal of Commendation to like uh to Angsu Ramun or something like that. Like, <gasps> <laughs> you prefer the top side of the shotgun? A sickle. <laughs> he uses like a sickle sword yeah. and with fingernails. They're just like yeah, sure. Yeah, you can join. That's fine. Bet. Uh, the uh. Her queen knows no prejudice in this army. No. The war is over in one week. (laughs) They need all the men they can get. Yeah. And mummies. Even the undead. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Uh, So. I do want to say this movie has really good stunt work. Yeah. I was going to say. Um, The, especially with the composite work in this sequence and with the final Scorpion King fight. Like, because for the most part, these characters are fighting CGI blobs. Yeah. Which can lend itself to laziness in movies because it'd be like, eh, do whatever you want and we'll, we'll do it in post. But they clearly had a full choreography routine for the fights here. Yeah, the double decker bus scene, I I really liked and yeah. admired. I thought it was. It's, it's a good action. It's well staged. It's, it's well fun. staged, well shot. It's got a lot of good bits to it. Yeah. Yeah. It plays with this environment. And, you know, like, it takes place in the 30s. Like, I know it's all quick cuts. I don't see anything that's, like, continuously, like, not correct for the time period. No. Like they don't pass a Corvette on the street. No, they're pretty. Yeah, which means all like the stunt driving stuff they did, they like you know took care of like making sure they made sure they were in the right time frame. Yes, and uh, I do want to quickly say that um, 
something I liked about this museum sequence is that the original like 1930s mummy movie is mostly set within a museum. Mm-hmm. I believe the British Museum. Um, and it is just like the woman being chased by the mummy in the museum. Mm-hmm. So I like that this uh, it has like an action sequence in the museum. Yeah. Where there's a bunch yeah. of mummies running around. It's kind of an homage to the yeah. OG. But so they, they kill the mummy guards. Um, and then... Rick and Evie make out. Rick and Evie make out. And in good old fashion. Someone just comes in, snatches snatches the kid. Snatches the kid. And it's the the long-nosed guy from the the, um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. (laughs) (laughs) The child catcher. Come to me. The child snatcher. (laughs) Ice cream for everyone. And he snatches him so quickly. snatches him so quickly. Yeah. Uh, And then sets off the drawbridge. Yeah, they and then and Rick O'Connell does what I can only describe as the Terminator Two run, where he just starts like sprinting at the car. Yep. Uh, and they bring up the bridge yeah. work. I read a trivia beat be for this that they could only close up the London Bridge for like a segment of like twenty minutes. Yeah, but it caused such yeah. a traffic jam that they had to lower it to ten minutes. Yeah. Which fun fact that is not London Bridge. It isn't. It is called Tower Bridge. Oh. Is London so, Bridge yeah. like in Pennsylvania or something? No, Lon- there is a London Bridge in London, but it is just a very simple <coughs> bridge. There's Got no it. like... There's no like lift. No lift. Yeah, it's no just like... Lift. There might be a lift, but it's just like a... It's just a flat it's just bridge. It's a, a flat bridge. Interesting. But yeah, fun okay. fact. Tower Bridge. Tower Got Bridge. Like I-90 running yeah. across the London Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks it's London Bridge, but... Right. It is in fact not. Because it's iconic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to be fascinating. The idea of like shutting down 20 minutes is a long time to shut down. Yeah. A, yeah. a very, I assume pop, he- pop he- heavily bridge. trafficked bridge. bridge. It cost a lot of money. 20 it minutes. Probably done late at night. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we, <laughs> I was on a film shoot, um, last summer, um, where, or two summers ago, where we were shooting on Michigan Avenue Bridge. Okay. And we only had um I think I think 5 to 10 minutes to close down that bridge. It was like we could not shut it down for any longer. And if it was getting close to that time, our locations guy would go over the walkie and like freak out on our first AD and be like, "You have to open it up. I'm in the middle of a take. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, like they take that very seriously. So yeah, which London, understandable. Yeah. Tower Bridge probably even more so uh but yeah so they they snatch the kid uh rick can't get to him he like does a cool little he runs up the bridge the bridge as that's, the bridge goes as, up as the bridge goes up he's he ma- hanging off the side the stunt guy makes the jump and he like gets on the edge but the car is already like driving down, away yeah yeah so which i don't know how he got down yeah they just kind of cut to a back to the scene where like they're talking about it and in the background the bridge is lowering down and one i can only assume that what he did was he like climbed his way back to the top and very carefully like skidded down yeah as it kind of went down but then they're on the other side yeah which means they had to either like go the long way around to get to the other side where Fraser was, or Fraser had to yeah. walk. Or they had to wait until the whole thing was down to go over. But in the background, the bridge is coming down. That's true, yeah. I clambered up and waited for it to close enough, and then he jumped and came over. That'd be my guess. I just like to think that he, when he's on the other side, he skidded down, the bridge is still up, 
they drove the car <laughs> all the way around. The way around. <laughs> and instead of rescuing the kid, meanwhile, him up Fraser's the just sitting there, like kind of sad and depressed. Mm-hmm. And then that scene plays. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like to think. But it's my own cre- creative artistic liberties. And then they really start to care about the kid. Yes, this is when they stop making out for once in their life. No, actually, they don't stop making out. Yeah. <laughs> their kid's gone and they There's still... There's a scene where they're making out and they're like, I miss him so much. I do too. <laughs> it's I like... want him back. <laughs> so they, um, they mention that the kid saw Karnak. <laughs> what if they said, like, we can make another one? <laughs> We can do it again. We can just try. Just go back to the house. We can, we can replace him. Tr- we can try again. Oh my god! Sorry, um, but they they mentioned that the kids saw Karnak. Yeah, and they're like, we gotta get to Karnak. Brendan Fraser's like, I think we might need a magic, a magic carpet. carpet. We cut to uh, like a really dilapidated sign said Magic Carpet Airways. Which uh, where are they? They like tell they go to Egypt very quickly. And this yeah, in Egypt. Okay, because yeah, they go from like London to the desert. And yeah. not just the desert, but like, like, like a very it. remote like, area. Yes. This is where like all the places that they have to travel to for all these like archaeological sites. Egypt is only so big. Like I can't imagine it's like the chase has to be very wide. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sizable country. It's a but pretty big it's... country. Yeah. I guess so. I'm just... I am finding a map about. Like, would you say it's maybe the size of Texas? Okay. If you put Egypt over the U.S., it would essentially be um, the middle of Michigan and New York, down to halfway through South Carolina. That's pretty sizable. So it's it's pretty like it's fairly sizable. I'm looking at this. Oh yeah, that's big. Yeah. So it would it it is a dirigible ride, and as we know, they take a dirigible. It's it's comparable in size to Texas by the look of it. Yeah. Because they got more money now, they can go a little bigger on yeah, a dirigible. Yeah, they can have multiple location shoots. And yeah. a dirigible. And a dirigible. Um, entirely CG dirigible. That is like a pirate ship strung up to a balloon. <laughs> yeah, that's filled with gas. Yeah. Fun fun fact. Um, it appears as this as though this uh, dirigible is in fact the same one that the Chinese are using and their spy balloon. Oh, um, spy Izzy balloon. was in fact piloting the spy balloon when it was shot down. You said I wouldn't get shot. Last <laughs> time I got shot in the ass. Yeah. yeah, everyone's like, Chinese spy balloon. He's like, no, no it's just me. It's Izzy. He was shot it down. That's my Air Force. Oh, my God. And what's this guy's name again? Izzy. Izzy. That's right. Izzy a good character? No. Izzy, is, is he, is he a good character? Yeah, is he a good character? He's a very thin character. <laughs> He's funny. He's fine. He's funny. I like the detail that he wears the eye patch just for like, effect Make when he doesn't more need dashing. it yeah. i like the guy at his place that's in the bathtub yeah. outside uh, Stuart. speaking of dashing we haven't talked about the hair yet no we haven't um okay so the hair cue the music <sighs> i don't even know i uh, same hair as in the first mummy here's your here's your ranking put it below the first mummy above mrs winterborn hugh okay Slightly worse than the first mummy. No, it's just the it's the same. Okay. I'd say it's the exact same, but like you know, I'm I'm gonna put the mummy first because it's yeah. Jill, are you aware we do a hair ranking? I didn't know that, but I I I think that's a really good move. We've done it since the Travolta era. We did for Travolta, yeah. and then we couldn't think of anything else to rank for Brendan, so we just rank his hair again. I mean, his hair in the mummy is good. Oh, he's great hair in the mummy. What are we gonna? I mean, I feel like now we we've, we've, we've set up we've set a pattern. We set a precedence. 
that we're going to have to just do the hair ranking forever now. Yes. There's not going to be forever. like the eyebrows ranking. <laughs> that would be the Will Poulter cast. Right. How, how yeah. bigger his eyebrows. Or, I don't know, the forehead wrinkle ranking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the nose ranking. The nose ranking. That would just be rude. Chin ranking. Uh, Jay Leno wins. Uh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back I would to the say mummy the crimson ranking. chin, but back to the mummy. Oh ranking. yeah, crimson chin. Yeah, that's the best chin. That's Jay Leno's best chin. Um, okay. Well, his best chin is the crimson chin. Yeah. Um, uh, back to the mummy returns. Yes. So they they get this dirigible with Izzy, and they they take off and they go on their way to Karnak. Karnak. Meanwhile, there's a train. <laughs> A lot of business yeah. with this train. The cultists have a train. Yes. The cultists. That apparently goes, the track just happens to align with where they need to go. <laughs> like happens to go exactly to Karnak. Yeah. Just... Karnak is I, I evidently, I guess, not a hidden archaeological place, right? No, I think because it's Because the like train a... tracks go to it. Yeah. I mean, maybe this train is like the sites of Egypt. Yeah. Maybe, maybe and it's like just using it. That's that's the new Universal's like studio tour ride. It's like get on yeah. this train that takes you to all these archaeological digs. This train goes to all the abandoned like ancient cities that they need to go to. Right. Yeah. So the um. So we get a little business inside the train. Which then, hold on, doesn't make sense how they're following it. Like then they should know where this kid's going because they could just follow the train tracks. Eventually, they do abandon. They do the abandon train. the train, and okay. they have to go to a island. But they abandon the train in the middle of the desert, and then like Is walk that the to an island. Best use of your resources, guys. <laughs> like, and also, really? how did the, the thieves get on the train? Yeah, because they like meet up with the train. That's right. Yeah. I try to think about it. There's had, a lot they, of confusion. They also had a dirigible. They also had a magic carpet. Uh, so yeah, there's that scene with the the thieves uh, where they're talking about. Oh, they they deliver the box. Yeah. The cursed box with the sacred jars inside. Yeah. And that's the box where it's like, if you open this chest, this box, then the Emotep will suck you dry and steal your flesh. Right. They don't tell the thieves this. Right. Their plan is to trick these thieves into opening this box together. Yeah. And then Emotep to slide in. Yes. Suck them all dry so he regenerates in like one fail swoop yes knock it out it, it works it works it works, <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. it's a good plan <laughs> i kind of like the scene in the in there it's kind of evocative of like the kind of horror set pieces from the first movie yeah i like the bit where he's like climbing on the ceiling yeah. going around the wall and goes like, ah, ah. this is the beginning of what really shows as the bad cgi in this movie yes because when he suckles that first guy dry yeah. And he gets like the first like regenerative look, and he turns around. Oh my god! The, yeah, that does not look great. The, no. It does not look great. He does I, have that cool silver mask, though. Yeah, yeah. That's when the, kid the meets CG them. saver budget for that one <laughs> scene. Yeah, right. Which I think would have been kind of a cool look for this movie if he just had that silver mask on. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, we should talk about that because that's actually before this. That it is, is before, before this. this. I forgot the kid meets him before. Yeah. The oh, thieves. there's a big fucking plot hole. Yeah. In this they they bit. suckle the um the three guys dry, but then right before that, yeah, the the kid. They're talking about the kid and like, okay, so we don't have the bracelet. The kid has the bracelet, but the bracelet shows us where to go. So we're gonna be with the kid. 
Me, but here's the other thing. When the kid saw the image of where to go, no one else could see it. Right. Yeah. Like, only the kid. This kid could have fucking bullshitted his way. <laughs> Back to London. <laughs> well, they do tell him that he will die if he doesn't. Oh, right. right. That's right. So he so, actually does have to yeah. tell them the truth. So he has to go along with it. Yeah. And as much as he his parents neglect him, he does know that they'll come. Yeah. They'll come for him at least. So he's like, I, I'm not scared of you. It's like, oh, well, you'll be scared of him. And so they bring Alex to Emotep, who's yes. wearing like the robe and the mask. Yeah. And it is a good look for him. Yes. I, I like that they use that look again from the first movie, yeah. which they quickly toss aside. It's what he's wearing when he's walking around Cairo in the first yeah. movie. Yeah. And so, it's like a Phantom of the Opera, like mystery. Like what's yeah. behind yeah. this mask. Right, right. And so they, they, Alex is talking to Emotep and Emotep starts by talking an ancient Egyptian. It translates to, it's like, you know, I know you can understand me, child, so listen very closely. Well, they do the Hunt for Red October thing. Yes. Where they zoom in on the lips of the mask, because it's not real lips. But like, they do it with um, Sam Neill in um, Hunt for Red October, where he's speaking in Russian and they zoom in on his lips. And then when they get really close to his lips, it just switches to English, um, which they do with the mummy here. And then it zooms back out. And we're now, you. Listen, we're now hearing English. Yeah. Which, fair, fine. It was just a little jarring for me. Yeah. I don't know entirely what the purpose of it is in this movie. In Humphrey at October, it makes a lot of sense because they just don't want Sean Connery to be speaking in Russian for the entire movie. So they very quickly have to like be like, they have to be like, okay, they are speaking in Russian, but you as the audience member are hearing English. Yeah. That's how they do that twist in that movie. Yeah. I don't quite know why he speaks English for this one scene and then never again. But for this one, it's like, like Alex understands ancient Egyptian. Yeah. So you can just respond to the guy speaking Egyptian. Yeah. Maybe Arnold Vuzel's like, I'm not coming back unless I get one scene. Yeah. English. Maybe he's like, I really would like to speak. I'm sick of speaking Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, my da- that's when we get the famous line, my dot is going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, Truly? <laughs> he rips the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> rips the mask off and is like, me no think so. <laughs> uh, you are your father's son. <laughs> He's talking to him in a very like Jedi-esque way. Yeah. Emotep a lot more intellectual in this one. Yeah. Um, and then they assign this one guy to be like his babysitter. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Which the, that's a definite downgrade. Yeah. You know, going from the high ranks of the cult to, to babysitter. Yeah, to, to having to deal with the babysitter. Yeah. Whoa, perfect day. What are you talking about? I missed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get to Karnak. Yeah. The mummy is now fully regenerated into his body. Yeah. Which I dislike. Yeah. That he is not a mummy for now it's the just, vast majority of this movie. Now it's just Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, just walking around. Yeah. They're saving that money for the Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scorpion King They got to really save up for that, yeah. for that yeah. masterpiece they're about to do. Alex breaks out through the... This is interesting. He rips the toilet out because of the Oh, the, I love this The train scene. is moving full speed, right? Yeah. And he tricks the guard. He's like, I don't trust you. You'll look... And yeah. so the guard like leaves and what he does is he opens the toilet and then flushes it and sees that it leads right into the train. So he rips the toilet off, pulls the emergency stop lever, lever yeah. on the train. And then where does the train stop? 
guys. At Karnak. At Karnak. <laughs> yeah, it happened to be there. It just happened to be at Karnak. The, the guys are probably starting to stop the train. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but the kid's running away. The cultists are shooting at him. Mm-hmm. Emotep opens the bay door, sees it, and then uses the force to lift them up. Yeah. And then, like, Do not shoot the kid. And then slams them into the pillars. Yeah. And then Emotep goes after the kid. Yeah. Who sees a... First, the kid sees a vision of the next place. Which yeah. Which is like an island temple. Yeah. Um, and then Emotep walks across the water and lifts the kid up. And he's just like, the girl I've heard so much about. Which, going, going back to the kid, I, I do love using the annoyance as your escape strategy. Yeah, I do too. Like, he uses the one thing to his advantage he's got going for him is that he can be annoying as heck. <laughs> It can be like, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You're going to look at me when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> it is I'm, I'm, I'm going to escape. Your look. <laughs> I do like that. That uh... like He's like, there was a story about this kid who got kidnapped and sung gospel songs. And so annoyed the kidnapper with the gospel music that the kidnapper returned him. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's what Alex does in this movie. That's amazing. That's what you should do. You hear that, kids? If you're listening to this in some kidnapper's car, listen to the Travoltine podcast. Annoy the heck <laughs> annoy out of the them. hell out of him. They'll let you go. Mm-hmm. Which, but I do have to ask the question to the kidnapper listening to our podcast right now. Don't do that. Don't, don't. do that. Don't, don't do that. First off, don't, you should probably should listen to our podcast. It's not for you. <laughs> and secondly, if you are picking our podcast, what does that say about our podcast? Yeah. yeah. I want to think about that. Don't kidnap kids. Yeah, don't kidnap kids. It's uh, very bad. Don't do it. Just yeah. be a good person. Be a good person. Let that kid go in the trunk. <laughs> Just let him out. Jeremy, Jeremy, pull over. Let the kid out. Let let him out. All right, that was it. <laughs> that was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of that little thing. Um. So, the uh, the O'Connell show up at Karnak, in the dirigible, and yeah. they run it, and they don't find Alex. They right. find his tie. Yes, they find his tie and a sandcastle of the... This was smart. The island. I liked this bit. Yeah. I I was actually kind of like really... And then this triggers like a montage, Yeah, which I actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah, just like them going from Egyptian place to Egyptian place. And I think this is a very realistic depiction of a kid. Yeah. Yeah. They build a sandcastle. Like they build a sandcastle. Like he's not a super genius. Right. He can't defeat these guys, but he can build a sandcastle. But he can build a sandcastle that gives him enough information to tell them what landmark they got to yeah. go to next. These aren't like undiscovered places. They're, no, they're fairly like prominent locations. Which means where, what's the where's the tourist industry? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the tourist industry in the Great Depression. Well, era they're is taking not... up the whole train. I guess it's a mummy and a bunch of cultists to show up. And the cultists bought all the tickets. There's like David. On the, the park is train. now closed, ladies and gentlemen. Please David exit from the park. Ida, who's like? Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mummy sacrifice happening. <laughs> um, around this time, we do get, you know, Aung San Moon possesses the body of Mila. Yeah. And Evie has a vision of herself fighting, fighting Aung San Moon as Nefertiti, who's the daughter of the pharaoh. And then she watches as they kill the pharaoh. No, she rats him out. She rats them out and then watches it happen. Um, it's like, it's like the, all this like business <laughs> that does no play in the rest of the movie. Well, so, okay. 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 So y- the movie's trying to tell me that Rachel Vice is a Evelyn, uh, what was her last name? Um, uh, well, Evelyn O'Connell. Yeah. Cause she's married to Rick O'Connell now in this movie. 
um, Evelyn is a descendant of an ancient Egyptian princess bodyguard. Yes. Um, which I guess is like plausible because her mother was Egyptian. Yes. But would she look like Rachel Weiss? No. 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 Right. Especially in like the past scenes. Yeah. It's another one of those like very shaky like from 2005 and, back to the beginning of cinema of casting white actors yeah. as, as foreign Oh, characters. well, yeah, because none of these Egyptian people are actually yeah. Egyptian. Like, we, we talked we about talked this. Arnold Vosler. Arnold Vosler's German. Yeah. Benny is Irish. Yes. Um, I think, well, uh, Patricia Velasquez sounds Yeah, Hispanic. she is Venezuelan. Franks and Moon. So there's a lot of, there's, like, you know, all that, that level of just questionability in all of this. Yeah. But this is particularly egregious. <laughs> Showing Rachel Weiss in ancient Rachel Weiss seeing her own self as in like a flashback. Yeah. And that whole, is particularly problematic. The whole point of this is really just this is why she and Anoxina Moon have beef, right? Yeah. Like there's no other. Like they could have had beef because they fought in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> because, she killed her. Uh, because uh, Evelyn, who's the descendant of Nefertiti, who is the Pharaoh's daughter, who's fighting Anxinamun, who is betrothed to the Pharaoh. They are fighting in this like throne room with emotes up there. Yeah. And they're fighting for who gets to do what? I think it's just like a like a kind of like jousting. You know what I mean? Like not like like it's just for fun. Just for yeah, I think, I think it's, it's just, just for, the, for the, fun. The Pharaoh's amusement, watching his daughter fight his wife. Well, that's the thing. It's like Seti the first. Like after the fight, he says, uh, "I'm going to have my daughter be my personal bodyguard, and I'm going to marry Anxuna Moon." Like almost as if that's his decision. Yeah, because they're not really. I always still get like it was more for show because they're not really dressed. Right to fight like. They're, they're wearing very little clothing. Very and little. gold face masks. Yeah. And then the uh, idea of like, if he's making the decision, I'm going to marry Anxin and Moon, but my daughter will be my bodyguard. There is no other reverse option of that decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's I not took that. It, I took it kind of like my bodyguard and daughter. Right. And my, my, my fiance. Yeah. Fighting one another. Yeah. It like was, this was lovely to watch. Yeah. I, I had some problems with that. Um, but then, yeah, I like, mean, there are a lot of problems with that. To yeah. Be fair. Uh, and so I, uh, yeah, then that's when we get Nefertiti yeah, seeing from a distance, that yeah. whole thing happened. The, the simple solution, to all this is just that the movie doesn't need any of this. Y- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It robs her character of agency and just adds a bunch of lore that the movie doesn't need. Yeah. You could just have Evie just have beef with Anxuna Moon because they fought in the first movie and she almost killed And, her. like, you could just have this girl show up and be like, wow, she looks a lot like Anxuna Moon yeah. and you, have him. You can have yeah. Anxuna Moon be reincarnated. You don't need Nefertiti to also be resurrected. And, Jeff, we've gone this entire episode without ever talking about literally not two minutes into The Mummy Returns. They look at Brendan Fraser's tattoo. Oh, yeah. And he's like, he's got a tattoo that he did not have in the first movie. He did not have the first movie. But he says he had it since his orphanage days. Did he have like any kind of like like thing around his wrist in the first movie? Potentially. Potentially. 
But I don't even like think long, so. I know sleeves are rolled up, but like a... No, I think they're just hoping that you like didn't a, notice that in the first movie. He actually does have a bandana in the first movie. He does have something around his wrist there. So maybe that's supposed to like... Mm, they coincidentally, they're like, where's the one spot we can put this tattoo? And like, he was wearing that in the first movie. He's covering it up. Um, And that's when we... And, and we totally skip past the quote where... Um, uh, Adar sees the tattoo on Fraser's arm, and he a- and he asks him that famous quote that we've begun the very podcast with, which was, "If I were to tell you that I was a stranger traveling from the east seeking something yeah. that is lost, um, I would tell you I'm a stranger from the rest as I'm who as I whom you seek." Yeah, and it's revealed that Brendan Fraser is a descendant of the Medjai, protector yes. of man. This seems very much like. So he's also got Egyptian ancestry. We don't need this. We don't <laughs> no. need any of this. No. And like Brendan Fraser is even more like egregious. Egregious because he's in the first movie they make fun of him for being a yank. Yes. <laughs> They're like Yeah. Where is the Egyptian ancestry from being American? Mm. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, it's nope. it's it's utterly unnecessary for this movie. It very much feels like it the, takes away the characters' interesting elements, or that they're people who should not be in these situations. In these situations, that's the joy of it. Yeah, it very much feels the like the uh, you're a wizard, Harry, yeah. or uh, the his midichlorian count is higher than Yoda's. It's like, a chosen one narrative, and we don't need one. Yeah, these movies yeah. aren't about the chosen one. Yes, but now they're two chosen ones. Yes, and they got married. Yeah, and now they're fighting a, a, a scorpion king. Yeah. Ugh, anyway. Anyway, this montage. Yeah, montage. Eventually, they are traveling in this canyon with egregious CGI water. <laughs> you guys see that yes. shit? Oh yeah. It what wasn't egregious? Like the water monster wasn't that egregious. Yeah, but it was just the flat water. <laughs> what was that? That what was, was they that? filmed in a canyon without water, almost certainly, just some random canyon. But they had water, if, like, I mean, I know CGI was not back then what it is now, but like, they could have done better. Yeah, they could have done something. And I don't even think it was in a canyon. I think there was a whole CGI yeah, set, whole CG construction. Yeah, because they they bring the dirigible into the canyon. Yeah, and then what um, can go wrong? Um, the mummy is like, watch this. And he lifts up the water. He He's lifts like, up. You saw yeah. me do sand last time. Why do you see what I got on my sleeve? Now th- this guy was a sand bender in the yeah. first one. Now he's a water bender and an air bender in the second one. Yes. So it's kind of like, kind of like frozen how Elsa's powers are a little ice, bit, but then they kind of just like, she can also create life. Yeah. <laughs> 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 she can also just like, create life and shit yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah he makes another like a water version of the sand monster yes in the first movie that goes after the the balloon yes and then but izzy has jet rockets on this <laughs> <laughs> this thing is a steampunk like machinery ass thing because they they see this water thing coming out them and he flips on a lever and then they start rushing yes. away and these rockets, yes, uh, jet engines, which weren't invented until like the late 1940s. Yeah, he's oh. he's he's ahead of the time. He's ahead of the he time, is. I guess. This, this guy in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, is he new with a dirigible? Something. So they escape the water monster and they find Amsher, the oasis, and then the water monster comes back. Yes, <laughs> and it eats them. 
Yes, they think they could stop, but they don't realize, like, oh, no, the water washer can keep coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 we can stop. We can rest. Take a quick rest. Yeah. Oh, shit, it's coming back. So then he flips the rec- the rocket engines on again, runs out of fuel. Yeah. Then the rock- Then the water monster eats them and, like, makes them crash. And they crash into the oasis. They are the all jungle. 100% fine. Yes. Totally fine. By some miracle. They rebuild yeah. the dirigible very quick. Is he's able to repair it at remarkable by, speed by himself? <laughs> Just himself in the desert. A balloon, which as he says, needs a certain type of gas to lift up the balloon that he doesn't have. So he's going to have to use hot air, but he's going to need a lot of hot air to lift up that contraption. And Rick O'Connell's only comment is, "If there's someone who can supply that much hot air, it's, it's you, you Izzy." So yeah, they kind of just, I kind of forgot that Izzy repairs it by himself because at the end when I was watching it, and then he comes down. Yeah. I'm like, how are they getting out of this? Yeah. And Izzy just shows up. <laughs> he's just present. Yeah, he's just there. Ah! Ah! Uh, but they begin their trek through the jungle, as does the cult and yes. Emotep mm-hmm. with and, Alex. Yeah, and this is when they make the comments like, "You're, you know, my lord. Like we found the pyramid. Technically, it doesn't mean we it means we don't need the boy anymore." It's like, oh, yes, retrieve the bracelet. We need it to unlock the army of Anubis. So he sends the guy to go hack off, assumably just hack off the arm, basically. Mm-hmm. Leave um, the kid for dead. In the- yeah. But then as that's happening and as Rick, the O'Connells are in Ardeth Bay are yeah. also following, they set up like a little ambush. Then there's you rustling. Hear, Don't go into the long grass. Don't go into the long grass. <laughs> Don't go into the long grass. It, it is basically that sequence from The Lost World. Yes. All the raptors yeah. in the long Except it's Not mummy as exciting. monkeys. Mummy. Would you call them monkeys? I call monkeys. them mummy Ewoks. <laughs> Have you seen that Battlefront 2 Ewok hunt trailer? Yes. That's actually framed like a horror movie. I have. Jill, have you seen no. this? Oh, my gosh. It's this Star Wars game, and they've... You play as an Ewok hunting stormtroopers, but it's like completely pitch black. <laughs> it's oh my a and stormtroopers like have like flashlights. <laughs> and Ewoks have night vision. <laughs> and it's like a horror game. It's so crazy. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but that's what this is, except it is. it's mummy Ewoks. And so, monkeys. yeah, or monkeys. What um, was the lore behind these mummy monkeys? There, uh, There is not one. Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's there's a lot to be explained here. There is no lore. Like it's, why there are mommy monkeys there's no in explanation this, to this oasis. Okay. They look cool. Bet. <laughs> it was mum because I had to be mummified. Yeah. Who was doing that? If they were just dead monkeys, they'd be bones. Yeah. But these are mummified monkeys. Right. So someone and there's a lot of them too, so I yes. mean yeah. someone was resurrected monkeys. Mummifying monkeys. Mummifying just for fun. Monkeys. And like who? Because there's no one in this oasis. Yeah. yeah. Scorpion King? Maybe the Scorpion King. Maybe that's what he's getting up to over the previous 5,000 years. It's just like Smeagol with it's the like fish and the waterfall. Yeah. It's like, it's like, pool is nice and cool. <laughs> Except he's just mummifying monkeys. Because yeah. <laughs> they do find explorers from previous expeditions mummified here. Yes. Like strung up on poles. Well, you got to get a hobby sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mummifying one. You know, j- just girl things. Like, <laughs> just girly things. Whatever just girly things. Just some crafting. <laughs> just, just some hobbies. Just sewing a dude back together. Yeah. Some people like to, you know, knit. Some, some like, to like to mummify. <laughs> big into mummification. Myself. Who are we to judge? Um, the, the O'Connells get mixed up in the fight between the cultists and the monkeys. Yes. 
Um, everyone basically dies in the cult party except for the curator who well, does make it to the temple. Emotep makes says the line, they cannot harm me or whatever. Yeah. And there's one where like they all come out in front of Emotep and he just does like the Obi-Wan Jedi mind trick and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to yeah, mess with you. Yeah. It's his priestly powers. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do not need to see our identification. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. the monkeys are like, all right, buddy. <laughs> uh, so the curator makes it out. Emotep and Anxinamu make it to the temple, and then Ardith Bay kills the one guy who was babysitting Alex. Yeah, and so Ooh. they they get Alex back. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, Let's great, we here. got you. Let's get out of here. It's like, no, I have to get back to the pyramid. And Jonathan's like, oh, leave it on, Alex. It looks good on you. It's like, you don't understand. It'll kill me. It'll kill don't. me if I don't get there when the sun comes up. And then they look up. The, the sun's sun like sun starting to rise. And so this is like, I know it's corny. I know this is it's the best horrible. horrible. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. But I love this scene. He <laughs> when he runs the picks sun. up and he runs. <laughs> he picks him up and just starts sprinting at the pyramid. And there's this great shot. Of like an, I don't know if it's a helicopter or just a really high crane shot that's just looking down at Fraser running towards a pyramid behind him, a beam of sunlight <laughs> chasing him. And they just run. <laughs> he outruns the sun. He's just outrunning the sun. <laughs> they make it into the pyramid right as the sun hits it. Yeah. And then the bracelet pops off. He says, you know, it's not easy being your dad. <laughs> oh, but you do so well at it good bit and so the family all reunites and they have a big romantic hug and then evie gets stabbed <laughs> in the chest she gets punished for everything yes, she gets murdered <laughs> by oxen moon and emota and, and her usual and it's not a surprise attack either she just, she just no. walks up and just <laughs> that's it and you know alex's mother just got stabbed in front of him and rick being a good dad what does he do ignores that kid he's like you stay here and just <laughs> i'm gonna go kill cries the over the wife yeah but yeah. He, like i mean oh, yeah, i get he's upset because it's his wife but also like yeah your kid just lost his mom mm-hmm. yeah like take, i don't know i feel like a lot of parents would take care of alex it's like that oh, that, oh, yeah. that really questionable blocking decision in the force awakens where han solo dies and they come back and leia and chewbacca start walking at each other and then they just split off and leia goes and hugs ray who she just met that day and Chewbacca's just standing there alone with like, no one to comfort him that his best friend just died. And like Alex and Jonathan look upset. Yeah. But like this I don't know, this should be more this would be more, yeah. more devastating to you all. This should be much more devastating, except we realize we're in a movie where resurrection is a calamity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we Yeah. It's a commodity to resurrect people. So like I feel like when I watched this movie, like even a long time ago, I was like She's not going to stay dead. Are you kidding me? They got two bucks. They can bring her back. <laughs> yeah, they can bring her back. And so literally Jonathan and like, there's a lot of scenes that happen, but earlier, like Jonathan and Alex are like sitting by the body. Yeah. And Jonathan's like, she's in a better place now, Alex. As it says in the good book, <gasps> the book. I'm like, are you kidding? He's kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. There's a resurrection book in here. Yeah. Yes, good, so good they, job. They go off to find the resurrection book while Rick goes after Emotep. Yeah, Emotep, this is where we get the funny scene where Emotep is like, 
all proud and pompous and he's like swinging his leg. I don't know. He's just so... His greasy chest. His greasy chest. He's like, I'm going to go fight and beat the Scorpion King. And then he gets shocked. (laughs) 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 The the TSA of the underworld. (laughs) To to a complete strip search of him and take every power that he has until the point where when when they're done with him and he's on the other side of the security platform, all they could do is make an amulet jiggle. And that's it. (laughs) It seems like Anubis wants me to fight the Scorpion King. As a mortal. And Oxford Moon's like, you don't have to do this, <laughs> it's like, so we can just go off. It's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't fight the Scorpion King anymore. Yeah. He's like, no, I must. And he rips his shirt off and he goes in. And is this all... So meanwhile... Why am I blank? Ardeth. He sometimes go gets back with his army, right? Yeah. Is this all? Ha- when does this all happen now? Because like, so, he's in the jungle, but how does he get out of that jungle? He just so kind of runs away. He just kind of runs away. And presumably finds his army near the the because I he I assume he gave the army the coordinates of. There's the scene with the bird. With the yeah. bird, and the bird that gets shot. Awesome. the bird gets shot. Yeah, but there is that really great scene where the bird like flies away in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> and good. and like it's so pretty awesome. Scene. Yeah, yeah. I guess like he the army's close enough that he can get to the bird. Yeah, he, or get to the army. He's like, I gotta go tell the army exactly where to go because they're kind of generally walking in this direction. Because it took them all night to get through that, from the edge yeah. of the jungle to the pyramid. So how does he get? He runs really fast. I have no idea. Faster than Rick O'Connell in the sun. Apparently, get, apparently. But he links up with the Medjai, who have this big like. Brohirum esque army. They found a few more guys. <laughs> they found a couple of guys. <laughs> there was like thirty of them, and they were like, "We rounded up some more dudes." <laughs> There's like thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's like a full like. It's force. like the whole population of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> it is like a massive army. Yeah. And so, what happens next is Rick goes into the the pyramid, and the 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 cure the museum curator. He just like sticks his arm in a hole. He in the puts wall. he he. Pu- yeah, what is he trying to do? Well, he puts the amp, the the wrist thing right. on his wrist, and then puts it inside of a scorpion statue. It looks like a scorpion's butt is what it looks like he's going into. Because he's doing like a whole. Like, he's like wholeheartedly fisting the scorpion right now, <laughs> and like cranks his arm over, and it like lights up the room it color yep. corrects the pyramid yes it doesn't just turn all the pier the like the lights on but like this wave goes through and all suddenly all the walls are orange <laughs> yes yes and so rick o'connell comes in and he's like uh you're too late o'connell i have unleashed the army of anubis it's like and then immediately starts screaming and he's like ah! and he pulls his arm back out and it got chewed up I'm assuming that the Scorpion King is the one who ate his arm. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe we upgraded from scarabs to scorpions in this. Yeah, one. Yeah, maybe it was. Like, I feel like it was a sacrifice. He sacrificed his arm for the to rise the army of Anubis. Mm. And with the army of Anubis, they pop up, but for some reason they pop up outside of the, <laughs> outside of the pyramid near where the Magi are gathering. Conveniently. Yeah, very <laughs> conveniently. It seems like oh, the Magi knew exactly where they were going to be. Yeah, they know where the the respawn point is. Yeah. For <laughs> the respawn. <laughs> <laughs> for, the army. for the jackal army you look at the map and it's like respawn point army of anubis <laughs> it's like we're gonna spawn kill all these guys <laughs> and it's like we do to do what we do best camping and noob tubing <laughs> they just have like grenade launchers and shit 
Oh my god. Uh, so that's when the army of Anubis comes to life. Yes. You get all the jackals. And a fight, you know, the the armies clash and fight. Yeah. Yep. And so there's like a war sequence happening in the background. Yeah. Uh kind of fun. Yeah, kind of fun. Uh wasn't egregious. Yeah. I thought it was actually pretty pretty fun in some yeah. cases. I didn't care too much about yeah, it cuz it's like what's going to happen? They all die. I don't and, need it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So then Emotep and uh Rick O'Connell well, both get in. We get the best shot of the movie. Yeah. Which is Rick O'Connell walking through like the flames. Oh yeah. And it's like just this it's this great Brendan Fraser where it's like his face lit up by a pillar of flame and then it like keeps blinking between these flame shots. Yeah. And you just see like half his face darkness, the other half of his face darkness. Him like it's this very cool sequence introducing him into the space. Yes. It is a that mm-hmm. is a good shot. I love that shot. Um but yeah, then Emotep and Rick O'Connell both get into the Scorpion King's lair. Yes. And they start fighting. Yes. Right? And then... And then the doors open. And the most horrific CGI you've ever seen <laughs> and in you your just, life emerges. You, well, you first see this like black shape. Yeah. It looks like the alien queen from Aliens. But then it starts to like... And then it splits apart. And then coming out... Like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to this episode, I'm sure probably most of you have seen what this looks like, but we can only describe this as an amorphous blob of, like, (laughs) nightmare part Dwayne Johnson with, like, cross eyes, like, weird (laughs) lip smirking, weird chest torso convulging into a scorpion body look. Clink, 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 clink. It's clear they didn't use motion capture. Yes. So it's just, like, it looks like a playstation 2 game it looks and it really looks like because so a centaur which is a human on a horse yeah the human takes the point of the neck and the head right scorpion doesn't have that on it right so it's really just like a torso plopped on top of a scorpion body yeah which is very unnatural looking it is very weird and um it reminded me a lot of matrix reloaded when neo fights smith the, the hundreds of smiths the burly brawl yeah the burly brawl that that was like probably like where i i felt the most of that yeah it's like it, 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 the flubber look yeah it looks very plasticky yeah very rubbery and um and uh they fight him <laughs> and then corridor crew fight. uh years later made a better version of it <laughs> yes have you seen that video of the matrix one no, no, no. Uh, the Corridor crew redid the Scorpion King. I did not see that. Uh, scene. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they made it look, I, I'd say like. Better? Better. I mean, it's hard not to make it look um, better. With modern technology, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Even with the technology of the time. Here, it's it's this video up top. Because this came out, what, 2002, right? 2001. 2001. 2001, which means it was shot in 2000. I mean, you had better CGI then. So, Jeff Lord and I... Lord of the Rings comes out this year. Jeff and I talked about this, um, that 99 was like the... I heard... Yeah, I heard that talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, this is the part of that immediate aftermath where everybody thinks they can do CGI, and we get some of the most egregious... CGI. Sh- CGI, which is what this is an example of this section of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Scorpion King looks really bad. Yes. 
and he's like, and we talked. I was just watching that video. I was skimming through it. Oh yeah, yeah. you see like the final yeah, result. Yeah, it looked a little better. Yeah, uh, still not perfect, but they they did what they could. Yeah, um, they usually just they really what they did, Jill, is they just deep faked it. So they okay. just like they just you know put the rock's face on it, put the rock's face and color corrected it a little bit better. They put in some camera flares and stuff into it yeah. to like hide some of the bad stuff. They do more masking than fixing, yeah. to be honest. And it's hard to fix CGI because you can't like yeah. de-render it. You right. have to put something over top. Well, that that's like the, the genius of Spielberg in Jurassic Park. Yeah. If you're going to show a T-Rex, like wreck some shit, you do it at night while it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can hide the bad CGI with rain and darkness. Yeah. And you only use the CGI dinosaur for the full bodies. Whenever yeah. it's a close-up, it's an animatronic. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know one of you said this, and I've always said this. The, the effects of Jurassic Park hold up to this yeah. day. Yeah. They look great. They look fantastic. Like, like, they look better, I think, than Jurassic World sometimes. Significantly. Significantly. Because Jurassic World, everything's in the light. It's always shiny. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's too it's too real. Yeah. And it's the same with, like, the Lord of the Rings looks better than The Hobbit. Yeah. That's the thing about, like, like CGI is, like, it's gotten so good that it can look too real sometimes. Like, it has to look kind of grimy. Like, it has to have some imperfections to, like, fix in our brains. If it looks too real, our brains, like, can't process it. It just seems uncanny to us. And also, it's it's cheaper to use CGI sometimes. Yeah, than to build than to a build, Than thing. to hire a thousand extras and dress them up like orcs. Yeah. But when you're going to kind of mix them together, yeah. it's going to look better. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, the orcs are, they're like, one of the best parts of those movies. Yeah. They're yeah. incredible. In the Hobbit, they're all like Azok the Defiler. It's grotesque. He's horrifying. Yeah, they look yeah. really bad. And then you see, like they had a, they did build a physical Azog, and then they just put a CG over it, and it looks so much better in the physical one. I don't know why they did that. And what the Hobbit? Oh, like the 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 pale orc. Oh yeah, they had a physical costume, and they filmed the movie with it. Really? And they put the CG thing over top of it. Damn. Like it, and like the original one looks so much better. This seems like a lot of extra unnecessary work. It was when they decided to turn it into three movies instead of two that they like redid it. Damn. I'm trying That's... to see if I can. I, I it's try... a classic case of just because you can doesn't mean you should. It literally that yeah. line from Jurassic Park of just because they could didn't mean that they should. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the original as. And I feel like with the Mummy Returns, like there had to have been a way they could have used at least. Dwayne Johnson's top. Yeah. And kind of put it. Just to help it a little bit. But this is not Dwayne Johnson. This is not motion capture. This is raw CGI build. Yeah. And you can tell, not just from how bad the CGI is, you can also kind of tell based on the performances. Like they really are just acting to nothing. Yeah. Like probably a tennis ball on a stick at best. Um, And. That's hard. That's tough. I think I, I think they all the cast does like as well of a job as they could. My favorite's when like Jonathan and Alex come in the room and they see the Scorpion King and like they just do the standard like ah! and then they run away. Yeah. And it's literally just like the director telling them like, uh, it's a scorpion human hybrid monster, so it terrifies you guys. And action. <laughs> You're yeah. like, okay, great. Because <laughs> I guess the thing we do have to remind ourselves is this is before motion this is before Gollum. Yes. yes. Motion capture. So they didn't have that technology. It is not before motion capture, because as we know, Sinbad <laughs> beyond the veil of mists. 
Brennan Fraser did the voice of Simbad in a uh, the first motion capture movie ever. Jeff, you brought back. Sinbad. I was wondering what that was. I saw I saw that the other day, and I was like, "What is this?" It's an. It looks like a PlayStation movie. video game. Like, well, I I correct myself. This was not pre motion capture, but pre Gollum when motion is, capture was perfected. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I'm gonna very quickly show you what this movie looks like. This is the animation of this movie. Oh yeah. We had to talk about this for like two hours. <laughs> it's like a Barbie movie. It does look like a Barbie movie. Oh my god. That's perfectly what it is. <laughs> uh, also for anyone's curious, this is the original Azog before they CGI'd it. Wow. Oh. It looks so much better. Are you kidding me, guys? Why? Again, just because you can. Doesn't mean you doesn't should. Mean you should. So Scorpion King comes out. And first one he comes after is Emotep. And then Emotep plays, you know, probably the best card he has, which is I can speak ancient Egyptian. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> so he really says, which I, it's because I remember that line very well. It means like, I am your servant. I am your servant. And so they, they also lower the Scorpion King's voice by like three octaves because it's like, we will see. <laughs> it's like, but he, he has come to kill you. And so Dwayne, what do we call this guy? <laughs> well, he's Scorpion the Rock. Like we call him Dwayne, like Dwayne Johnson. Do we call him the Rock? Do I we think call him it's Scorpion funny King? to call him Dwayne. So I stick with Dwayne. I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That yeah. was his transition name. Uh, so, yes, the transition. Like he was originally the Rock, but then he wanted to be Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. So there was a good chunk of time where he was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Johnson, right. I just don't know what to call the amorphous blob that wasn't Dwayne the, the Rock Scorpion Johnson, King. but looks or just, like... Or just Dwayne. Or just, <laughs> just Dwayne. So Dwayne Wait. turns over and looks at Brendan Fraser and he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> and then decides to go after Brendan Fraser. Meanwhile, Alex steals the book from Anxuna Moon who, yes. while Jonathan distracts her. And he resurrects Evie. And Evie comes back. And fights Anxuna Moon. And she's ready for action. Yes. yes. She's like, she says, oh, it's a very weird scene. Because she like, Anxuna Moon is about to kill Jonathan. And then Evie comes in and says, pick on someone your own size. But they're all of comparable height. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's not like they're short. Like Jonathan's like not a tall guy. Yeah, it's a. It's like it's a, like if the, if he was attacking the kid, that line would have worked. If he's, if she said like pick on somebody your own skill, yeah, then fine. Yeah, but your own size, yeah, it doesn't work. I think and he's actually got you by a few inches. And that's usually yeah, it's usually implied that you're you're picking on someone bigger. Yeah, yeah. And she's not bigger than Jonathan. Like if you want to think, if she said that to Dwayne Johnson, yeah. right? Or even the kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, well, it's a very it's just a strange line. I'm sure in the original script he, she was attacking the kid, and they probably just kept the line in. Mm, yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, you know, she does she does essentially beat Anxunamun. Yeah, through because when I guess when they resurrect Evelyn, they resurrect Evelyn with the memories of Nefertiti. Yes. Because she comes back and they have that standoff. It's like yeah. Anxunamun Nefertiti. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is good then. And then they start fighting, but they retain their memories because then she's like, she's like, oh, you remember all the things you've learned. And then she does like a Rick O'Connell, like punch yeah. headbutt. It's like, that's a little something new. And, yeah. And then <laughs> they fight. continues to kick yeah. her ass. Um, the, uh, they beat, I'm just gonna say they beat the Scorpion King. 
Jonathan has whoa, a... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, whoa, you cannot whoa, whoa. just gloss just... over that scene like that. Okay, no, because what happens is, it's like, um, Emotep is, like, running... He's, like, sort of cowardly running away, yeah. but so is Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser is trying to fight this guy, uh, the Scorpion King, but nothing is working. All yeah. the axes and spears he's throwing, the Scorpion King's just, like, brushing away. So he runs around this, like, stone column and sees, inscripted on it, a picture pattern instructions on how this golden scepter that that has been that he has held the entire movie actually twists and opens up into a spear (laughs) that if you stab the scorpion king with it will one shot ko him (laughs) and they do they establish where this spear came from no no like jonathan just has it he just has has it the movie just conveniently yeah he comes home with the girl with it yeah yeah just conveniently osiris that girl Osiris. (laughs) Osiris. <laughs> she gave it to she him. She gave it to him. Uh, so then... He, and but he does find the instruction manual. He finds <laughs> the instruction manual how to kill. So then he runs around, and then Scorpion King is like trying to like fight down like Brennan Fraser. That's when Jonathan and Alex come in. And then Brennan's, uh, then Rick goes like, Jonathan, it, the thing, it opens into a spear. And he's like, what? I don't know how it does that. No, you like twist it and it opens it. They have this whole dialogue scene. And then the Scorpion King finds Brennan yeah. Fraser and like tries to kill him. I forget there's one little bit where like the the museum curator comes in. Yeah, and he gets ripped. And he gets like <laughs> ripped. Full, he gets like quadruplexed yeah. <laughs> by the Scorpion King. He's like, Emotep, save, save me, me, save me. And Emotep's like, why? <laughs> gets quad Oh, my God. Emotep's a bit of a sassy king. Yeah. He is. <laughs> like, Truly? Why? Truly? <laughs> why? Uh, and so then Jonathan, like, they figure out the spear, and then... He's about to, th- he's like, stand back, Alex. I'm a professional. And he throws the spear. Emotep grabs it in midair. It's kind of a badass little scene. Yeah. The is. way he grabs it and yeah. swings it around. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is maybe like probably, this movie is not very suspenseful in many regards because yeah. it plays very standard. Yeah. This is like the one moment where I'm like, oh, shit. Is he about yeah. to actually do it? Because then he like, in ancient Egyptian, he's like, I will kill the Scorpion King and claim the army Anubis for myself. Yeah. And then throws it slow motion because before then, Brendan Fraser tosses over like a fire pit and like the Scorpion yeah. King's like lifted into the air. So it's like slow motion following the spear. You just we come close on Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dwayne. So CGI. Rawr, like, rawr. <laughs> That's literally what he's doing. He's like, oh, rawr. Oh, look, we we the camera passes Fraser, so we don't see him. And there's a fire effect, and when the fire effect dissipates, Fraser is lunged into the air, grabs the spear, just yeah. before it hits Scorpion yeah. King, does like a barrel roll in the ground. Scorpion King gets on top of Fraser, and then he stabs him. Yeah, he uses cat. like the leverage of like holding the spear into the Scorpion King. As leverage to not fall into the underworld. Yeah, there's like a pit yes, with a bunch of souls. It's a pit of a bunch of souls. We never established that that's the underworld or if it's whatever. Yeah, it's the underworld. Or... Yeah. So yeah, he's holding the spear. My favorite shot is we lay out, we linger on this wide shot of him stabbing <laughs> and <laughs> the frame. Emotep runs into the frame, he's like no. <laughs> on all four, all no. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. <laughs> 
I love that part so much. And then Brendan goes, go to hell and take your friends with you. <laughs> and he, then the scorpion king explodes into black sand. We cut back out to the Medjai battle and all the... We've the, not been talking about the Medjai the ja- battle. The jackals turn into black about. sand as well. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's solved. And the, the pyramid starts to like shake and fall apart. Because now the 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 oasis is like being sucked back mm-hmm. into yeah. the underworld or whatever. So the pyramid starts to shake and crumble. We cut back to Imhotep um, and and Rick. Rick and they're falling into the underworld. Yes. And Evie comes in, and she just runs right for Nick. Yeah. Rick. Right. And gets see an Oxuna moon. Seems a little heartbreaking. And Imhotep's yeah. going an Oxuna moon, <laughs> and she just looks at him and is like. See you later. And br- it breaks his heart. Dude, let's go. Sees Rick and Evie making out. And he's like, that's love. That's love. <laughs> and just. So this is love. And he just lets himself be taken. And then he's like, I, I, I want to cut. I want to edit that scene with just like her running away. And then you cut to his reaction. So this is love. So this is love. <laughs> like as he's being like taken over in the underworld. Yeah. Poor dude's life was a whole lie. Yeah. I, I would like 3, to, to read the Wikipedia description of this scene. Yeah. So much um, for this girl. Mm-hmm. Evie risks her life to pull Rick to safety. Seeing this, Emotep pleads for Anxun Moon to do the same, but she abandons him. Heartbroken, Emotep lets go and falls into the underworld. Then, inadvertently, Anxun Moon falls into a pit of scorpions, <laughs> killing her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and a- ask us dear audience who have not seen this movie how does she fall into this pit she inadvertently falls into a she pit just, of- whoops whoops <laughs> <laughs> I like Wikipedia plot <laughs> descriptions she just trips <laughs> whoops whoops <laughs> oh no there's a pit of scorpions right here whoops whoops Whoops. <laughs> Such uh, a brutal death. <laughs> <laughs> ah! um, but then they, they all clamber to the top of the pyramid, the survivors, which is just the four O'Connells. Yeah. And uh, they're like, this is it. And then the dirigible shows up. Yeah, Izzy and the dirigible <laughs> show up. <laughs> and so they pull them up, but Jonathan's like slipping. And he looks down and he sees the diamond thing on the top of the pyramid. It's like, let me down, let me down. It's like yours, your life. Yes, it is. He grabs it and then they lift them off into safety. Yes. Um, Brendan Fraser and Rachel, Rachel Weiss make, make out. out. The kid per again. usual. Per usual. The kid probably falls off the side of the tree. <laughs> he probably left him there. He's like, no. Nah! He gets Something. sucked in. <laughs> like, Alex, Alex. Ah, shit. We'll make another one. <laughs> And that's the movie. That's yeah, the they they sail off into the sunset. Yeah, and then it uh, it cuts to credits. Yeah, we don't see Ardith ever again. Yeah, we don't know what happened. Oh, we he like waves at them or something that's as right. we sail off. But that's it. Yeah, that's all we get. Yeah, that's the end of the Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Imhotep. Ardith. The end of Rachel Weiss. In Rachel these Weiss. Oh my god. She was smart. I don't even want to think about the end of of it being the end of Rachel Weiss. Yes. Because they clearly, um, they recast her so fully in the next one. It's rough. Yeah. It's really bad. With someone who looks nothing like her. Yeah. Very vague uh, resemblance. And does one. not look Egyptian in the slightest. I mean, like, I know it's kind of cruel, but 
isn't it just better to be like she died of brain cancer <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know well, like they went to china like right. maybe she didn't come along for this adventure yeah just like i've seen enough mummies in my day yeah she got picked to go on some archaeological dig somewhere else where's evie she's with the bainbridge scholars <laughs> that would have been great that would have been phenomenal they accepted her application. And it's a little finally. father-son adventure. Yeah. 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 In China. Instead, they got to recast. Who is it? I just Maria stuck Bello. a brown wig on a girl. <laughs> I, I do have to be curious if we might see another mummy movie with Brendan Fraser soon. No. I don't think so. No. He keeps saying he'd do it. No. He keeps saying he'd do it in his no. like, he just got nominated for an Oscar. This is the most famous he's probably ever been. Universal doesn't know what to do with their mummies, their their monster movies. No, I would not be surprised if they announce another mummy movie in the next like ten months. No, do uh, I think it's a good idea? No. Yeah, I mean, but well, the how, the Tom Cruise one imploded. Brendan Fraser's hot again. Universal needs money, and he said he'd do it. It's either Steven, another Minions or another Mummy. Yeah. Would Steven Sommers come back? I don't probably he's not doing anything. His last movie did was Odd Thomas. <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth mentioning though that again, this is another movie where Brendan Fraser did a lot of his own stunts. Yes, hurt himself some more. Yeah, and we're trying to maintain this like they could do it with like I don't know, I don't know their kid or recast the kid like. They're doing an Indiana Jones this year with an 80-year-old Harrison Ford. I could see them doing kind of what Indiana Jones 4 was supposed to do. Yeah, with the... Like with with Shia LaBeouf. That's Mm. kind of what the third one's trying to do, and it doesn't work. Yeah. But if you get some... I mean, put like Chris Pratt in there. (laughs) Chris Pratt and uh, Ryan Fraser, two-hander. Taylor Lautner. Oh, my God. I, I could be Young wrong, guy in there. but I, I, if if they announce a new mummy movie in the next ten months, I would not be shocked. I can foresee that happening. I just, I wouldn't want Fraser to go through that. Yeah, leave the man alone. Let him do other things. Let him get stay in the drama. I want him to stay in this drama mm-hmm. bit drama that he's period. doing. Yeah, because he has a lot to offer in the drama world. Well, uh, that is the end of the Mummy Returns. So, final thoughts. Uh, is there any context of how much it made? Or oh, whatever? yeah. Like, wanna, it does. It is a movie that comes out. It is a movie that comes out in the... 2002. Two, no, 2001. Yeah. It's a summer 2002, right? Yeah, May 4th, 2001. 2001. May 4th. May 4th, 4th so it's another summer you. blockbuster. Very quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. It um Two years um, from the first one. It makes... It has a big opening weekend. Um, It was the... Highest Friday and Saturday grosses of all time when it uh, opened. It beat it beat Toy Story two and The Lost World for that record. Hell yeah! Um, it was then beaten later that year by Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or mm-hmm. Philosopher's Stone, depending on what country you live in. Um, I just recently they had to shoot two different versions of that movie just for the lines of Philosophers and Sorcerer's Stone. Well, they had to just reshoot those lines where they mention it. Well, they just had to redo those takes. Yeah. But it's just funny. It's a different version in the UK if you watch the movie because they had to say the Philosopher's Stone. Which, like, couldn't they just have done it for, like, both countries? They're like, philosopher. American Apparently kids Americans, don't know what philosophers are. It's literally are. that Americans are so dumb we wouldn't know what a philosopher was. It'd yeah. be like sorcerers, though. <laughs> but we know what a sorcerer is. Um, it makes $68.1 million in its opening weekend behind only The Lost World 
uh, Jurassic Park for all-time record. Um, it's the number one opening weekend of 2001. Really? And then, yeah. Over Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings? Um, let me confirm that, but it is the, yeah, the highest grossing, the set, yeah, highest grossing weekend of 2001. Wow. Um, wow. It doesn't, it has legs. That's pretty impressive. But not necessarily the, you know, people, it doesn't, you know, it makes more than the first movie, but I think the luster does kind of wear off because Harry Potter will make more money, oh, but wow. just um, doesn't have as big of an opening weekend. Yeah. Um, it becomes the seventh highest grossing film in 2001. A major success for Universal, nonetheless. Um, I think the theme park ride comes out immediately after this movie. I think it was like 2002, 2003. 2004. The Mummy ride opens in 2004 off of the success of the first two movies. I do remember that ride opening. Yes. I'm very excited. Um, yes, because the ride has the Scorpion King in it. No, is that no. Okay. It's got Imhotep in it. Okay, so Imhotep is in it. Not and... really any Brendan, just some yeah. Brendan at the end. Yeah, he's like, oh, thanks for riding the mummy. I'm going to get attacked by a mummy. But uh, there's Imhotep in it. Yeah, a lot of... Really heavy on the Imhotep. In I'm his not... mummy form. Yeah. No less. Um, here we go. Okay. Um, the move... So, movie, major success, blockbuster. They make another sequel. The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, seven years later. Um, it does take them a little bit of time to figure out what to do next because the Mummy is... I don't think they can bring him back a third time. <laughs> Emotep, Emotep back, uh, back at dead and loving it. Isn't that the Dracula movie? Mm. He had a pretty good ending, too, I think. Yeah, I think I think Emotep, if he came back, he'd be like, just just kill me. He was like, ready to go. I mean, his the love of his life didn't care about him. Just so. laughed at him, essentially. Um, it gets um, decent reception. Um, it's generally considered worse than the first one, not as entertaining. Um, it gets an A minus cinema score, which is still good. Roger Ebert gives it two stars instead of three, um, which he gave the first one. So it's overall diminishing returns for critical reception, but um, increased returns box office wise. It's a pretty standard sequel. Yeah, it's a pretty standard sequel reception. Good, but not as good. And then for Brendan, it, it oh. I do want to say it does become the fastest selling DVD of all time the week of its DVD release. Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it gets overtaken by The Phantom Menace two weeks later. Hmm. But for its little bit in the sun, it is the highest, uh, fastest selling DVD ever. In back when DVDs were still making a lot of money. Yeah. Which I think DVDs had just started coming out around that yeah. time. So, so it was a, a hot new release. Yeah. New technology. I was like, oh, I can have this movie in my home and I don't have to rewind the tape. Yeah. It's a big move. Um, but. Yeah, it does. A, you know, it just further establishes this is the era of Brendan, um, as as you would say. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I think that's about all I got for post text for this movie. Yeah. Um. For I guess final thoughts, I I liked it. I thought thought it was pretty good. I I think the first Mummy movie was a lot more Broken Arrow esque in the way that it just fixed a lot of its plot holes conveniently. Yes. Whereas this movie, they just more like ignore it them. It lets them exist. Yeah. It lets them exist. And they're like, yeah, there's a carving of how to kill the Scorpion King and then insert Jonathan coming in with the scepter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, whatever you're, you're, you're here. You bought your ticket. <laughs> we know you're coming. <laughs> they don't care as much. Yeah. Cause they know people are going to come see this. Yeah. And it's very much like, let's just give the audience what they want. And that's, that's Brendan Fraser. A mummy. A mummy. And some... Fight scenes. Fight scenes. Yeah. And action. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but I like it for what it for what it yeah. is. I had a good time with that. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun little romp. Yeah. Or a big romp, you could say. I agree. Yeah. I like I said I think it's it's a pretty standard sequel. Yeah. It's yeah. good, but not as good. Yeah. A yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um I think that's all I got. I do have to say, yes. thought I thought thing I thought about. There's a real lack of scarabs in this movie. There is. There's that one scene at the beginning where a bunch of them pop out and like 20 dudes get eaten. Because I just remember that. That was a huge part of the Mummy franchise. Yeah. Like the theme parks have it. Like the ride has it. The first movie had it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were really like lacking in this movie. It was like they had to replace it with scorpions in this movie for the theme. But still, it was like, it was kind of like, I won't say sad. But a little disappointing. Yeah. We didn't get as many scarabs. No. Because that was a big part of like the, the horror of the first one was yeah. them, you know, coming out and going under the skin and Yeah. Eating your body up from the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creepy dude. Creepy. Guys like ah it's like twenty scorpions. And then they implode out of his mouth like a volcano. That yeah, was, we do have that scene. Like and then, that. then, that then they just tight. go in with no the flamethrowers. No they do. They, do they the fix. Flame. They fix the scarab problem. They all right. They go in with the flamethrowers. They go in with the flamethrowers. They brought them for the scarabs. <laughs> they had these two no guys on payroll. Scarabs. They're the scarab flamethrower guys, and they're like, "Oh, scarabs! Get your flamethrowers out, guys!" And now they are extinct. And now they're yeah. gone. All right. Scarabs. Uh, Jeff, you're scarabing me. <laughs> I'm scarabing you. Uh. Uh, oh, um, well, thank you folks for joining us for this episode on The Mummy Returns. Uh, thank you, Jill, so much for joining us. Thank you this for was, having this me. This was a lot yeah. of fun. Stuart, it was really nice to like hang out with Jeffrey's friends. This for is, once. folks for the audience, I've been friends with Jeff for about almost four years now. Yes. And this is the first time I've ever met you, and it's on a podcast episode recording. I know. <laughs> Talking about The Mummy Returns. <laughs> Talking about The Mummy Returns. Yeah, it was really nice getting you on and uh, having you, you here. It was a gen- it was pleasure. It was an honor being here talking about The Mummy Returns. I'm glad you had fun. My only question is, which Sweeney is next? We have uh, only two of us. My dad, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What movie could I get my dad on for? That'd be a real question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can do this one. If you do view an Ewan probably get him on for one of those yeah i could we could get him on uh, maybe if we do the one we're we're gonna do next i think there's some movies we could get on for him i don't mm. want to say what we're doing next yeah well, we're gonna we're gonna keep it hidden yeah um, we've been pretty good about not revealing the third season yes we have um we are still 10 months away from getting Let's to say we still have 20 you. years yeah. worth of movies to cover yes for brendan but we're getting there yeah, but we're getting there we're getting there i mean you could get him on maybe i don't know if he's seen the whale he, I don't know if you've seen The Whale either. Maybe. Do we have someone on that one? Though? We do not. We don't he, have anyone. Although, he does like talking about the the yetis in the Tomb <laughs> of the Dragon Emperor. He we remembers a, that. He does remember the yetis. I, I have a... When we get to that episode, I will talk about a core memory of mine watching The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor for the first and only time. I've only seen that movie once. Bet. You're going to be watching it again. Yeah, very soon. I have it from the... 4K, right? But I remember this core memory too. Yeah, it involves our dad. his mind when the Yetis appeared. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. I think it went along the lines of I'll I'll, I'll let you yeah. let you talk about when, it in when, episode. when we get to it. And I'll I'm excited. It. I'm excited for when we yeah. get to talk about it. It was very funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh. Please remember. Uh. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Make sure to tune in next week for our episode on The Quiet American, um, which we don't currently have a guest slated for. 
there's someone who might do it. I need to confirm with them if they're interested. Um, and uh, make sure to pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Pop into our Twitter or Instagram, at TravoltingPod. Can you email us any comments or questions? TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, at Stuart 185. Jill, anything you want to plug? Not really, no. I okay. don't got a yeah, private you, Instagram. And uh, please, as always, uh, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Ange Gardner for our social media, and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the theme music that is now taking you out. Uh, have a great week, folks. See you next week for The Quiet American. Mm-hmm.